Welcome to The Unbalanced Note. We are so happy to be here. Episode number 15 on the Multimedia Men Network. The Unbalanced Note is the show all about music and other things. I'm Brian Kluger with Boomstick Comics and High Def Digest and this amazing podcast. Of course, I am joined by the ginger who fucked an ostrich, allegedly, Jacob Douglas. How are you? I told you it was a penguin. It was a you penguin, man. Ostrich, and it's a penguin. <laughs> was it a sick penguin? It's Danny DeVito. It's Danny DeVito. Well, he probably loved it then. In that cave. It was in that cold. Cave. And rainy. I didn't. It felt like I was in England. Well, it sounds amazing. Uh, it is the Christmas seasons, the holiday seasons, the Hanukkah seasons, the Kwanzaa season. We got every season here. It's mid December. It's almost Christmas. Christmas is next week. Uh, we're here to you today to give you some music news, one hit wonders, wrestling music soundtracks, and our main event of the day: the impenetrable Rolling Stones. They're still alive. Nobody knows how or why. But they have outlived everybody. Baby's blood. Baby's, baby's blood, man. Blood. Uh, it is a Rolling Stone episode. It's going to be fun. But first... We're going to get drunk. We're going to get wasted off... So do you want some more some more Vodka? period water? No, period. <laughs> I'm good on period blood today. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, then I'll be anti, so I need that baby's blood, dude. So baby's blood. Well, yeah, you'll live forever. blood from a virgin. Do you want something else to drink? No. Okay. Do you want some M&M's? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, so, no, I do. So um, we're going to get right off to it. First first off, um, it is the week before Christmas. Did this week or anything next week, is there anything music-wise coming out that anybody should look out for or purchase? I would stay inside. It's just chaos out there. It's just chaos? There's bringing back Tickle Me Elmo. It's just pandemonium. A pandemonium. So no music. Man, not, I don't... I, I don't even bother this time of year. I would say and I, I picked people, up the new Charles Bradley, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, but that's been out though for like two months. Okay, two months. Okay, like I this part this time of the year, I just go, man, fuck it. Like I just want to get through because it's just you know at the store, it's just a retail job, right. right? So then it's like, fuck. Okay, you get all of it at once. You yeah, know? and I don't know. It, most even labels and stuff too, they kind of even tap the brakes, and a lot of them close. You know, they, they're right. not even open the last two weeks of the month. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's not really a lot of people that put out, like, new releases at the end of the year. Yeah. Just kind of... No. Yeah. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm not going to do anything yeah, about it. I'm going to complain about it. Don't do it. I mean, I think what that Takashi 6 9 put out a thing. That's what you get at the end of the year, the shit. Takashi 6 9 Right, he's in, yeah. He's in prison. He's dead. He's in jail. I hope he dies in prison. Okay, there you go. But you, you're selling the record. Someone ordered it. Yeah, you <laughs> oh, saw yeah, it. Oh, I did yeah. see it. Yeah. And, and we were like, who's fucking dumb enough to get this well, record? And you're like, put it in my bag. Well, what the thing? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the guy also ordered the, the, the Silk the Shocker, right? And right. That, but that's not a good album, but that's just one of those, like, nostalgia things. That's why I bought Mr. Cow. Yeah. Mr. Calities. Mr. Calities. He I fell abs- off, man. He did. I absolutely, when I went back to the house, I absolutely listened to Shake Your Ass. Shake Your Ass. Watch Tell yourself. What you're with. That song is so funny if you actually listen to his lyrics. Dude, all those, <laughs> there's not like, there's no such thing as like great 90s and early 2000s like rap like that. Like, Some people would say No Limit was like no, the but, jam but back that, then. But, but if you go back and if you listen to it now, that's what makes you know like Wu Tang and like Tribe Called Quest so great is that they, the music was important before they ever did anything vocally. Right, on. right. And this other shit, dude, is like clown music, man. <laughs> it is. Like, it, it, wow. It's so bad. Like <laughs> the samples are so bad. It's and there's like do 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 cha, do 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 cha. 
Yep. It's so basic and like it, Th- that's it's what not it like is. white people did it. No, it's super weird because it's like a white person dancing. Yeah, it's like anybody who can literally just push a button did. Uh, and then, uh, then you have Mr. Cal. This he was pre Little John because Little John's like okay yeah. No, and then you have Mr. Cal just yelling the same way, they were like but right at the same time. Okay, so but Mr. Cal was first, and he was yelling not okay or yeah. He was yelling like fuck that pussy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what he was doing. And uh, who doesn't want to yell that? People uh, people got behind that guy, then they got angry at Trump. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Well, if you're going to get mad at Trump, you have to get mad at every... But, but you can't run around and say, fuck that pussy, right? But everybody loves that song. Correct. I mean, it's, it's Catch-22. You can shake your ass to it. Yeah. Watch shake yourself. Your ass. Watch yourself. Show me what you're working with. Angry counting all that money. He is. I bet that motherfucker ain't got no money now. <laughs> Mr. Right? Cal, you know who what knows I mean? what he's doing Dude, with his Google money. Google it real quick. We need to know what happened to him. But... Even like, because uh, what? Remember, you had like No Limit was like the South, and then you had Death Row, which was West Coast, and then in the East, on the East Coast, you had Puff Daddy with Bad Boy, right? Do you remember Mace? I do remember Mace. Okay, he was like the pop rap dude, right? Right. Then if you listen to that now, oh, man, that's like, that's cringy as shit. All right, Mr. Takal, if you Google him, a really funny picture of him comes up. Let me see. Where he (laughs) he looks like he's on like a soap opera. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He is not, that ain't the same guy, no way. That is Mr. Takal. He's transgendered. (laughs) (laughs) Go to images, that's not, what's his real name? What does it say? Michael Lawrence something. Dude, see, that doesn't, that guy looks like he was on Fresh Prince or something. No, I'm telling you, he looks like he's in a soap. He looks like... <laughs> a soap opera? His name is Michael Lawrence Tyler, born in 1970 uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana. What's he doing now? Shake He, Dude, he's probably the DJ at a strip club. Uh, as of February 2016, he was touring in the United States in... Uh, I don't, anything after 2016, it's unclear. Um, hmm. Sexual battery conviction and other legal issues. Oh, damn. Living the songs. On August 21st, 2017, Mr. Cal turned himself into a sheriff's department with a warrant was issued for his arrest. He was subsequently charged with rape. He has been oh, held what? in the Caddo Correctional Center on a $3 million bond ever since he turned himself in. That's where he's in. He's Wait, in jail. He's in jail right now for that? Yes. Dude. There you go, man. Like, like you said, <laughs> he, he, people, they fucking tried to, they tried to fucking, like, torch Trump. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And he was just talking about grabbing the pussy. This guy did it. He was subsequently charged with rape. He has been held at the Caddo Correctional Center on $3 million bond All ever right, since. Well, so it's been more than a year he's been in jail. But it also goes, he ain't got, he three, turned himself he in. He obviously ain't got $3 million either. No. Oh. It, or, or no, nobody does. No one wants to help him. No. The last album he had, he must studio done. album, was in 2001. He must have done it. 17 years yeah. ago. Dude, I remember. And do you remember Remember all those No Limit CDs? They were, they all, were like plastic. Well, they, were, pl- they were plastic, but, but they were colored. Yeah, colored. Like, not the clear. It was like orange. would be like, yes. yeah, orange or blue. Green, that's yes. it. Dude, those guys were smart, though. That's good marketing. But, and great. all those covers, it, something was exploding. Yes. <laughs> like, there was a fire. There was cash money, diamonds, and hoes. Oh, no. Cash money was a different... 
No, but I mean, like in in the no limit, oh, it's like on yeah. like the actual well, artwork. Remember, Snoop did an album with them. They did. Yes, he, he signed, did. He he went to No Limit. It was Silk the Shocker, Mr. Cal, Master P, Master P, right? Uh, C Murder, C Murder. <laughs> there was a lot Bun of B. them, dude. No, uh, there was a guy. I think Pride. No. Look up the look up the roster because some of them had really hilarious. There was Cain and Abel, the duo. Remember oh, that one? God. I remember all these, man. This is uh, good. No Limit Records, uh, founded by Master P. Yeah, Master P. He lost all of his shit. Snoop Dogg, Mercedes, Silk the Shocker, Mr. Cal, Mia X. Oh, yeah, Mercedes. Maxi Murder. Google the cover for that Mercedes one. That chick had a huge ass. Romeo Miller, Fiend, Cain and Abel, Soldier Slim. Soldier Slim. I remember that one. (laughs) Oh, you said Mercedes? Yeah, look up Mercedes. Rear End was her record. And yes. Look at the cover. I see it. <laughs> it's awesome, just, isn't it, dude? It, yeah, it's just her in the background and another chick that's not a let me Let me let me take a gander at that again. It's been a while since. Hold then. on. i got to find a better picture of it. Uh, I need Mercedes. to just print it out and stick it on my wall. Put it up in one of those big things at the record store. <laughs> the store? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I probably, we should. That's what, or maybe some two live crew covers. That's 200. There we go. Oh yeah, there it is, dude. That's it. And it's like somebody's like cousin did the Photoshop job. Oh no, yeah that that was done at uh, Glamour Shots. So it's like her with a gigantic cigar, and then I in guess the that's in, in the cl- purple yeah. clouds underneath. There is a car says no limit, and then maybe her, maybe somebody else bending over it in a bikini, and it says rear end. Yeah, rear end. It should say rear ended. Rear ended. M- mystical. Mr. Cow. I like that. That's funny. All right. Let's get on to some news. We got we, 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 we to do no news, limits. That, that is a no. That is news. Well, that news from a year ago that oh, we did not know. For all you eight people out there that have been wondering about Mystical, we've tracked him down. New music news. Uh, Cannibal Corpse, the guitarist. Oh, dude, this is, uh, this is good. Arrested for burglary assault during a house fire. As Pat O'Brien's house burned, he allegedly broke into a neighbor's house. He then charged a deputy with a knife and was tased. Yeah, they tased him. <laughs> Pat O'Brien, the guitarist for Campbell Course. This happened literally this past week. And, okay, so you might be on drugs. Your house burns down. And then I can understand maybe breaking into your neighbor's house if you need to save something. But uh, No. Dude. Here, dude, you're, you're, the story that right there is only giving you a little bit tidbit of what happened. The fire department couldn't go in and put the fire out because there was two, like, Elon Musk flamethrowers in yeah, there. Yeah, ammunition and military-style flamethrowers. So when, the, when, the fi- when, <laughs> tru- when the fire truck showed up to try to put the fire out, all this ammunition and stuff was going out. So then they had to evacuate the neighborhood because Jesus. This, it's hot enough to put those rounds into yeah, the, yeah. the fire off. So oh, it just God. fucking engulfed his shit, but... Dude, Cannibal Corpse is wacky, man, because they have, like, you know, fucked with a knife, and their album covers are just... If have, you you ever, have you ever seen their album covers? Yes, I know I know Cannibal Corpse. So if you don't know Cannibal Corpse, you would probably know them mostly if you're not into music or, like, hardcore metal. Um, they were actually had a, a cameo in the first Ace Ventura movie where Ace Ventura goes to the nightclub to go find somebody to talk to, yeah. and it's them, but the, all their lyrics are, really sound like... <gasps> Yeah, yeah, they're a death metal band. Yeah. But they fucking like, uh, they're basically the fucking blueprint for uh, Death Glock. 
Yes. Like, they're just that fucking goofball, like, these guys are dads band. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, fucking... But yeah, dude, this guy, I think he just took their lyrics a little too seriously. Do you like think he, he was on, on drugs? Or do you yeah, think he, dude, was he just, fucking went on a meth bender, man? Like Maybe that's what blew up. Look, he lives he lives in he lives in Florida, right? People, <laughs> of course. People in Florida, like that's the only other state people from Texas can kind of rail on people for being slightly crazier than they right. are. Because they are. Like people from Florida go nuts, man. But I think what happened, I don't know for sure, but what I would guess is he probably got he probably got jacked up on like coke or meth or something, and then started fucking around with a flamethrower, right? <laughs> or was like fucking listening to Yanni, right? He was just fucking really going, and then shit got out of control, and then he, he, then you have you ever like been fucked up on like some really good drugs, and then like chaos just happens, and then all you want to do is add to it. You don't want to go. Oh, I should get out of this. You go. I want to fucking jump in and. It's like it's like getting in a mosh pit. No, yeah. There's certain points and certain drugs you take where you're like, you, poke you the bear. See, you're like, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So that's what he did. So then he started. But we like, don't have ammunition or flamethrowers no, of we'll, military. We're group. not in cannibal court. <laughs> that's the thing. So then then the fire happened and he started raging. Right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> then he <laughs> he like goes over his fence. And then he crosses a golf course. Because the house that he broke into was like. A, a Does car- cannibal corpse have that much money? That's what I'm saying. Here, here's the best part though. I was going to get to that. I was okay. going to tie this in. So he he goes over to the other house and like breaks in, and the person that whose house he broke into, they knew who he was. Like they right they recognized him. Yeah. They were like, yeah, and he just seemed like he was hallucinating, and then started to tell me about the prophecy and you know what's going on, all this crazy <laughs> shit. Right? It's like, dude, this guy's on PCP. Right? He's, right. Get out of his way. He could eat your fucking face. Right? It's like bath salts. No, maybe it was bath salt. That's a Florida thing. Yeah, totally. So then he fucking, you know, they call the cops. They show up. He somehow got a knife, and I think they tased him in the neck or like the face. And it, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've ever been tased before. I imagine it's the worst thing. But, well, you immediately they, go down when they tell people like, "Oh, if you ever encounter a bear or blah blah blah," it's like, "Well, if you're ever out in the woods anyway, take a fucking taser, dude." Yeah, because that that will stop a fucking train. Yeah, I mean, good. I've been tased numerous times, and it doesn't it doesn't matter, dude. You're on the ground. Like you're, oh, you're no, going right. down. No, yeah, I I've seen it on cops. So then they Biggest, took. Yeah. So then they arrest the dude, and then they take him to the jail. Yeah, and then they give him this like you have to Google the photo, but he has like a su- an anti suicide vest on that's like this big magnetic looking like Brady Bunch dress. <laughs> like it's so di- it's so di- and they and they mar- they march him in in front of a judge, and then there's like thirty other shitheads behind him that are there for you know whatever wacky shit they got into mm-hmm. and he's just standing there and he's just fucking like he looks so skitzed out of his mind he's just fucking looking around and then he's got this green dress thing on that this then the jailer is like keeps batch it's like magnetic and he keeps putting all the magnets together and shit it's so like demeaning oh you know good god so then the one of the wives of the guys in Cannibal Corpse <laughs> set up a GoFundMe for him. What? Right here's but what, they live on a golf course. That's what I'm saying. So here's here's what gets crazy. They she sets up this account and is like, before we all jump to conclusions, we all you know, Pat's a good guy and blah blah blah. Like goes on this rant, right? And I'm thinking to myself, man, what kind of fucking loser ass idiot? sets their fucking house on fire and then asks their fans 
to fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Yeah. That's crazy. It's fucking weird. That'd be like you like you murdered someone's family. You you murdered a family member, right? And then you and then you went, "Oh, you you guys you have to pay my legal defense." Right. Or something just wacky like that. Cannibal corpse, man. They might be done. Yeah, well, right. I mean, because <laughs> now they're going to get like thrown into the fucking media thing again, right? Like, it has the potential to go like, oh, this fucking white dude. Like, if they don't really make an example of this guy, granted, I don't know if they know he's fucking methed out or not, but if you involve open fl- like a flamethrower and ammunition in Florida, I'm pretty sure that there's meth involved. Oh, no doubt, of course. Yes. Or New Mexico. Or New Mexico, yes. Oh, it's so funny. So, yeah, Pat O'Brien, no relation to the Pat O'Briens in New Orleans. You got to look up, type in like Pat O'Brien's suicide vest. You got to see this dress thing they have. I've never seen this before. Pat O'Brien. Like, what does anti suicide vest mean? Like, you, so you can't, you put it on and you can't stab yourself or something? I don't know. Maybe. Have you, maybe did, it's, did you find it? I'm, I'm looking. It's really weird. I've never seen anything quite like it. Like, I've seen the chair. An anti-suicide vest. They put you in the chair, you know, if you're, like, not behaving and yeah. they fucking strap you down. Oh, yeah. I see it right now. They, yeah. They point you at the wall. It, it's kind of like, uh, it's, like a it's like Kevlar. Yeah. Kevlar. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah, he's on meth. Look at all the shit on that's his what face. I'm, well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think they. I think when they shot the taser at him. Oh, is that him? I think it zapped him in the face. Yeah. Because it's, there's, you know, there's two types of tasers. There's the one that's up close and personal and yeah. the one that shoots like the little darts. And yeah, the, and that's what it looks like. He got like old schooled in the face, right? Dude, like, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta Jesus. Fucking, you, got, <laughs> you got a dart in your neck. He's <laughs> but look at him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he he looks. He looks like he's dressed in a dress. Well, no, I'm talking about he looks like he went on a meth bender. Yeah, I, that's why I said he did. All right. Good luck though to the good, guy. Yeah, but yeah, good they, luck. Here's, and then they in the GoFundMe thing, they, that woman asked for sixty thousand dollars. That's they, not going to cover his legal fees. He hasn't been, uh, but he hasn't done anything. They <clears throat> there's no crime yet other than breaking into the house, but and charging a police officer with a knife. Yeah, but they tased him though. Yeah, but that's still attacking a nah, police officer. I don't think that cancels it out though. I don't think so. No, it totally cancels it out. Because he obviously was just having a rough time, right? Okay. Because if there's a mental health crisis, right, you can't fucking put him in jail. <laughs> yes, you can. Nah, <laughs> he got tased, man. Like, he tased if, him, bro. If he, if he would have made contact with the cop, okay. right? But if he's just fucking, that's why they have the taser. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think he should be charged with that. He he could have just been having a bad day. I'm sure he had a really bad You wouldn't bad charge day. a cop if the roof caught on fire in here? I would. I'd go, God damn it, that's it. <laughs> DPD. Yeah. All right. Was it a plastic knife? It doesn't say. No, it doesn't. It was funny. Yeah. He t- they tased him. All right. Let's move on. We wish him the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2009 inductees. Um, the 2009 Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, let's, let us know if you think they're bullshit. The Zombies, Def Leppard, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, Janet Jackson, The Cure, and Radiohead. I don't think any of those people are rock and roll. Zombies? Well, I mean, yeah. Def Leppard? Def Leppard, I don't, not really rock and roll. That's rock, Def Leppard's very rock and roll. My, dude, I don't know about this fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shit. Stevie Nicks, Roxy Music. Well, Roxy Music's never really that good. They just had really good art. No, they were good, covers. but see, like, 
that's the problem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is they got now people that aren't rock and roll involved in it. Like Janet Jackson shouldn't be in there. But you could say Janet Jackson's rock and no, roll. No, ab- dude, that's like saying fucking ABBA, I would, ABBA is a metal band. I would say Janet Jackson's more rock and roll than Radiohead. Yeah. Well, there's instruments. And The though. Cure. Yeah, The Cure is just, no. There should be a Hot Topic Hall of Fame and they could put them in there. <laughs> but you, then look, check it out. Is Motorhead more rock and roll than any of those bands? All of them combined. They're not in there. Which so is why ridiculous. are we even talking about, like, the Zombies should have been in there the second year it was going. I agree. This yeah. is the 34th year yeah, they've done 30, it. 34 years. Like, Radiohead was nominated last year, but they did not make it. They just recently put, I think, Deep Purple in. <laughs> hush. Hush. Dude, smoke on the Water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that song, Hate It or Love It. Everyone knows it, yeah. And it's the riff. It's the, it's like what as a guitar player, it's like what's more iconic than that guitar riff, "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah, I mean, it's gr- it's it's overplayed, but it's still great. But those guys just are barely got in. You know what I mean? Like if you look up the list of people who aren't, and like Iron Maiden should be in there, right? No, no. I, if, if Def Leppard goes in before Iron Maiden, that's all you need to know about the Rock and Roll Hall. Well, so here, here you go. I look at it kind of like the Oscars. It's a business. They're trying to get interest in it and people to watch it like the Oscars, which is why the Oscars are having like the popular movie category this year. Like they have like the best picture, but then yeah, they, they have like the anyone. best popular category to get more people to watch it. So who's voting on these? You know, is it the peers? Is it a group of people? But having these people in, you know, I don't know. There, Of course. That, but – that's the problem, though, is like the rock, like rock and roll used to be this. It was like the outlaw thing. They didn't want they didn't want the embracement of everyone. They wanted it to be like a kind of a a club type feel of like outsiders and fucking, you know, renegades and shit. Right. They didn't want a, an award ceremony where they went up there and jerked everyone off. You know what I mean? What's the point of this thing? Exactly. Well, it's the Hall of Fame. It's like the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, but those the right people go in, though. Correct. Like, in this thing, it's... They're wrestlers. But you don't, like... <laughs> NWA? Like, really? In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That is weird. Before Motorhead? Well, you're looking at, like... And, okay, like, Sister Rosetta Tharp? Well, that's what you're saying. Is it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is it the Rock and Roll, like, Rock and Roll music? Or is it just, like, they're just so rock and roll? Because, like... NWA is not rock and roll. I agree. That's like that's like trying to say Queen is hip hop. Like it's it's they're great because they're they're different. Like it's not the fucking we're all the same thing. Like what makes music great is that people can be different and like different shit. It's not trying to go we're going to try to put this square into the circle thing. Like right. there's a reason that they're uniquely different. But then when you get people involved who want to go Oh well, we need to we need to grow the audience and keep peak interest in it and blah blah blah. It's like no, that's not what you need to do. You need to focus on what the fucking objective and the main goal of this thing was. It wasn't gonna. It was an exclusive club to go into because it was a unique thing. Now you've blown the doors off of it and go. Oh, we'll just let anyone in. Won't they just make the R and B or the hip hop Hall of Fame? It would make sense. Yeah, no, it would make sense. But R&B is rock and roll. Okay. Because they're... So Sam and Dave would be in there. Totally, totally. Okay. Like Otis Redding should be in the Rock and Roll Hall. Correct. 
I mean, he is, but I'm like, he, that's someone who should go, who should be there on the first crack at it. Okay. You know what I mean? But like you only, Chuck you, Berry, yeah. Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, they should just do all these things chronologically and then go, how many great rock bands have there been in the last 10 years? They're going to have exactly. two or three. Right. So you shouldn't just look for people to shove in there now. Well, nobody from the past 10 years is in here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Radiohead's been around for what, almost 30 years. Good God. And they are not like, they could put them in the computer hall of fame. Like those guys, <laughs> rock and roll is made by people, not computers. Correct. I think Zombies and Def Leppard deserve to be on here in, you know, they, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yes. Desert, the Zombies, yeah. Def Leppard, no, because there's a list of other people that should be in before them. The motorheads of the world. Like, Google, look up bands that aren't in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that should be. And you'll, you, then when you start reading the names, then that's when you go... I know I've written articles about this on BoomstickComics.com every year because I cover the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's weird. Like, how are these people not in this? But I get it's like this eight a year. They might make it next year. They might not. I don't know who nominates it. I don't know how that happens. It's like it's like the Oscars. There's a there's a the what is it called? There's a ton of people in the Academy. The Academy, and it's yeah. yeah, all the peers, actors, directors. It's all of them. But the Academy should be made up of just existing. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. They sh- the musicians should decide who goes in there. Right. Because that cuts all the bullshit out right there. Right. Like, you remember when Steve Miller, they inducted Steve Miller into the Rock and Roll of Famers? Yes. And he went up there and railed on him? Yes. That was the most rock and roll thing that's ever happened at the Rock and it's, Roll that's Hall of right, Fame. Yeah. And an 80-year-old man did it. I don't, You know what? You <laughs> like, would- he went up there and fucking just beat the shit out of him. So they, they charged my band to be here. My band, I had to pay them. $10,000 a piece to have a seat at this thing. And he just went off on him. He's like, this thing is a joke. No, It's exactly. run by it's the a... wrong people. There you go. I think he even called it disgusting. Which is why the Cure Radiohead isn't here and Stevie Nicks. Well, so like Radiohead probably won't show up. I bet they're absolutely going to show up. I bet they don't. I bet you Like don't. when GNR went in, that was, in, in my head, that was the only most, the one recently that I could think about that I got excited about because I was like, ooh. Axel's going to go up there gonna, and fucking... They're going to they're gonna reunite, yeah. and they're finally going to fucking do it. And then they all showed up but him. Yeah. And then I went, well, I'm not surprised that Axel didn't show up, because in the 90s, he inducted Elton John into it. Right. Uh, so he'd already attended it. But I wouldn't. I wasn't surprised that Axel didn't show up, because he's not in... Why would he's he not, be yeah. into that? No, exactly. And I knew... like I was like, man, it'd be cool if, they, if none of them showed up. But I knew Slash and them are fucking... You know, they have an image, and they love being out Correct. there. Correct. Know? So they're going to do it. And it is cool. Like, you get to go, man, I'm, now I'm in this, like, hero hallway of, like, all my favorite people. Right. You know, Slash is probably, like, cool. Like, I'm with, like, Chuck Berry and, you know, people he liked. Right. right. He's not getting excited about... Oh, fucking George Michael's on the other side of the hallway. It's like, just put him in there, right? Put yes. Lamb in there just because we got to get someone in there. Yeah. Like, you just wait or That's find great. someone from the 60s who should have went in. Yeah. Then get an awareness of that. I agree. They're, they're, they're championing and, like, pioneering horse shit is what it is. It's really weird. It's oh. dumb, man. I don't think Radiohead should be in there. The Cure. No. God, Radiohead should... You don't like Radiohead, do you? I love OK Computer. And that I band like, confuses me, man. I like the Benz. I like three of their albums. Like I, it, I've seen them in concert once. I've seen them twice. Yeah, they, and I'm confused every time because I'm like, this guy. Are you just, experimental? This guy's yawning into the microphone. 
Yeah. From a gray high. Right? And, and then there's all this, like, so it's all these things bouncing around in the background. Right. And it's like, all right, this just sounds like eight keyboards going at once. And then this guy's whining into the mic. Right? <laughs> True. What is, like, what's, it's weird. not a high energy rock show. It's not. I, I, well, I was there. I didn't, like, dub up and, like, yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, it was good. I think Radiohead is, like, they're, like, they're, like, Dave Matthews. I see. I don't compare him to Dave Matthews. I, it's because that's not me. To me, Dave Matthews, like, even in, it, it, I've ever, anytime I've ever heard a song, I just think to myself, this is the least musical thing I've <clears> ever heard. To Dave Matthews, yes, not to but, not to Radiohead. I think Radiohead can can do a good job of combining certain elements because, like, even on Paranoid Android, it goes into hard rock guitars, but then goes to like the slow mystic sounds too. I'm not defending either of them. I can't stand either of them. But I'm saying <laughs> I I get the same feeling hearing a Dave Matthews song that I do hearing a Radiohead song. Okay, I just go. This is I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, there it is. Like the doors. The doors. All right. We're you already good. knew that, though. What? That I didn't. I don't much care for the doors. I know that. You already knew that. I do. I, I like the I know movie, that. though. Well, Val Kilmer. All right. Let's yeah. move on. Um, a bit of soundtrack news. Johnny Greenwood's There Will Be Blood score oh gets. God. Are you kidding me? Gets a release on vinyl for the first time. Because uh, we just talked about Radiohead, but uh, the Radiohead members' first soundtrack ever for Paul Thomas Anderson's movie, There Will Be Blood, will be out January 18th on LP. Um, I'm definitely getting it just because I love soundtracks and I love the soundtrack to this one because it kind of had a shining esque sound to it. Uh, but yeah, his soundtracks are good. Yeah, I, I like it. He did um, the Master, Inherent Vice, and Phantom Thread, all uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. But yeah, he has this other like. So Johnny Greenwood is to me the only like talent in Radiohead. Like if they had a different singer, if Radiohead had a different singer, I would be much more open to the idea. Right. But Johnny but, Greenwood, he has this other project called June June. Okay. And it's him and like twenty Middle Eastern musicians doing like. Sitar and tabla. So he went Ravi Shankar, yeah, George well, Harrison with it? But, yeah, but see, the thing with like Radiohead, like, you know the band Can. Yes. Okay, Can, Radiohead is just Can with computers. You see, because it's, okay. it's all polyrhythmic, right. like, African music. Yes. Is all it is. But they just digitized it and then just used all the Can vocal melodies and just. Whatever they got to do. Yeah. But the Johnny Greenwood thing, though, is pretty. His music is very interesting. It is. Because, like, all the Tom York solo stuff, like the Tom York three solo albums he has, and then that thing he did with Flea. Yes. Adams for Peace. Yes. That's, like, kind of okay to me a little bit, but it's it all sounds like Radiohead. But where the Johnny Greenwood stuff, it's like, wow, he, he really kind of steps away from it and does, like, a... Yeah, like Ennio Morricone type like score. Like, yeah, he really sets a great mood for his music. No, I like I said, I like his scores. I do like. So I have several Radiohead albums, and I would say I do enjoy Radiohead, but I only enjoy like basically three of the albums, and I've only seen them once, and I don't know if I would pay to see them again. But whatever. That, well, no, I think that tells all the people what they how you really feel about. Yes, yeah, I really feel about. Yeah. It. You wouldn't pay to see him again. It's like, I yeah, uh, I won't pay to see him again. Yeah, this sandwich was okay, but I don't think uh, I yeah. don't want it again. Yeah. It was bullshit. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um 
the Queen movie uh, biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, has become the highest earning music biopic of all time, earning over $600 million globally, which uh, beat out the NWA biopic straight out of Compton recently. What would be another one that could even challenge that? The, the Doors one, that doesn't really, I guess that's the only other one I could think of that could be in that level. Well, you had the Ray Charles one that won the Oscars, right? I guess so. Um, I'm looking. Hold on. Great Balls of Fire. That's the best movie movie ever. Music yeah. movie ever. God damn, there's so many. Uh, La Bamba. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. Buddy Holly Story. <clears throat> Great Balls of Fire. I love, man, That I, when's the last time you saw that movie? Recently, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. No, Balls of Fire. Yeah, what's that his was name? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. That's what I meant. God, I'm fucking high. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Um, we don't have. We haven't seen the Elton John one that's coming out. Like Almost Famous doesn't count because it's not a real band. Correct, but goddamn, that movie's good. But I yeah, don't but think that made six hundred million dollars though either. But yeah, but that that would be another one that I think would at least come. Sid Nancy that. wouldn't couldn't do no, that. Absolutely not. Um. Yeah, not not really any of them. I'm not seeing anything unless there was like, just let's say if the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC got back together to do a concert film, I'd imagine that would make a lot of money. No, it wouldn't make that though. Not 600 million. No. So yeah, one of it's going to make a. Billion. Has ACDC ever done a fucking biopic? That, that, not not that many people would be interested in it though. You got to think like you have to just live in reality with how. Why do you think this movie's made so much money? If Freddie was straight and still alive, the movie wouldn't have made hardly any money. So Ray, the Ray Charles one with Jamie Fox, made only a hundred and twenty-five million. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was sitting here thinking. Like I bet that Ray one didn't even get two hundred million. Straight out of Compton, probably didn't even get two hundred million. Straight out of Compton made a lot of money. Not two hundred million. Six hundred million dollars on a movie. You should know this, especially a movie one, like a music one. I mean, Straight Outta Compton made oh two hundred one. Okay, barely. There you go. But that was also. But that's not even ha- that's not even half of what this movie's. No, already this made. one has made six over six hundred yeah. million, and it's been out for how long? A month and a half. Yeah, or or that. Yeah, six hundred thirty-six so, million dollars. Yeah, but it's just it has the story. Right. Like the thing, like if Guns N' Roses one to me should be incredibly huge, but you got to remember if they made if they made a GNR movie, right? Right. They people. Do you would, think a Willie Nelson one would do well? No, really. I mean, it would, but not like some people just don't like. That's kind of why I haven't seen the Queen movie. So I've seen it. Yeah, but and it's re- just okay. Right. It, well, it's not great. I knew that they weren't going to tell the story like. Of Queen that I would want to see. No, they didn't. They, they were originally going to. Chris told me, like, Chris went and saw it and he goes, oh, man, you're going to love it. And I went, okay, no. I'll answer this question honestly and I'll tell you if I'll love it or not. How much time did they spend on Queen in, like, the early 70s? And he goes, oh, they did kind of blow right through it. And I said, yep, there you go. Like, I want more of how they became a band. Like, I don't want the Hollywood story. So this, this so my review for Bohemian Rhapsody was this is the PG family friendly greatest hits version of Queen. Right, yeah. And they I mean they it's sh- Disney. It's a Disney. They portray him as straight through the movie. Well, he was it, it he was. Well, he had a girlfriend and like, he had a wife. And, like, it's like Elton John. Yeah. He was married, had a kid. I mean, it's like some people just you know what? I want to play on the other team for a little bit. Correct. Like Dave Davies from the Kinks. <laughs> Ray Davies and Dave Davies. Yeah. Um, but it's doesn't go into Queen himself a whole lot. It's just kind of like, oh, we show 
the greatest hits and like their songs, but it's just like very quick. It's very family friendly, and you just want more of him. It needs to doing be- the dark side stuff. And then coming up with the songs because it just happens too fast. But they all like it. Queen is was a band. Correct, correct. They're a band. Correct. Correct. But they just. <clears throat> but it's a Freddie Mercury story, right? But it, but that's the thing though. Like with Queen, Queen's story on its own, without like the overproduction of like the, you know. The, the movie should have been rated R. If the movie no was, correct, if the it movie was rated R. It would have already made a billion dollars. I agree. It would have. It would have because to me, it's not. I don't know, man. Like it's a rock band biopic, but it's not a rock and roll biopic. No, Rami Malek does great in it, and I'll tell you, the last twenty minutes of the movie is almost a shot for shot of Live Aid. Live Aid. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though. Like Live Aid was they. That just made the world know how great they were. Because Queen had already been a huge band by then, and they were broken up. Yeah. They well, they weren't really back. broken up, though. That's a, that's They added that into the story. Well, they weren't doing anything. Well, they weren't touring like they used to. Yes, I mean, but they came back last second. They got into Live Aid, and man, they just, sh- like Jacob said, they showed the world how fucking amazing Queen actually is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if it would have just ended there. Right. Right. And then they made the movie. Uh huh. Like they then they would have told all the the things that actually happened. Yeah. You know, like imagine if Almost Famous was rated PG or like it would have the been door, terrible. or the Doors was rated. It PG. doesn't make sense because it should be rated R. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like making a Bill Hicks documentary and it's rated G. Right. It's like why would you go see that? Right. Well, what the fuck are you gonna you? And I've read a lot about Queen. Like they're one of I love I fucking those guys kind of. Single-handedly, like created heavy metal. They did. They home- took like you had Zeppelin for, first, right? We'll just say for the sake of yeah. the conversation, the communication breakdown. That right. Da, 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 that's that Sabbath and like Deep Purple, right? Right. And then Queen comes along in like seventy seventy one and takes the man. Okay, cool. We know how to utilize a studio. We have this guy with an incredible voice. Because, like, Roger Taylor's band, Smile, like who they talk about briefly in the movie, you know, those guys were already kicking ass. Right. You know, then you get Freddie and you you fucking forge them together and then you just create this like, no one will ever sound like that again. No, unfortunately. And they've, they've used millions of computers to try to do it. And that's just, that's four people at the just the right time that had the same fucking idea. And knew how to work together. Right. Because those songs, man, like even even before Bohemian Rhapsody, which to me is their most defining song, but I don't think it's their best song. I don't think it's their best song either, but it but is that's, their most but defining that's, song. But when you think of – when you say that, like most, most people would go, oh, no, that's the, that's the best song because that's the only song they know. No, but you have Fat Bottom Girls. You have <laughs> – Other Battle, dude. I, I, dude, that one. You have – Sheer Heart Attack is the, their best record. Sheer Heart Attack is really good. That's got Stone Cold Crazy. Right. Dude, that album. Crazy Little Thing Called Love's an Amazing Song. Britain Rock. Yeah. But but to say that it's like what Stairway to Heaven with Zeppelin. Right. Everyone knows the song, but it's, it's not their best song. Stairway to Heaven's definitely not the best song. But I wanted more, if the Queen movie would have done like 30 minutes of like them in the Sheer Heart Attack yeah. era, like where they were wearing leather and fucking like 
just rocking. We need to do a Queen episode, dude. Absolutely, I love Queen. But then, like you know, then even those albums that they made in the eighties, like the Miracle and fucking Innuendo. Yes, those albums are horrible. You know, it's. uh, But I I do. I mean, I guess I do need to see that movie. You do. I'll. I'll, I wasn't going to go to the theater and see it. I have a screener here. You can watch it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Moving on. I'm going to keep talking about Queen. Well, we'll talk about Queen in another episode, man. A whole episode. We've got to move on to news. More news. Galt McDermott, the composer of the Broadway play and hit musical Hair, died. 89 years old. He did all the song for, uh, songs for Hair and the music, which is great because I love the song Hair. Um, <laughs> it was, if you've never seen the show, it's great shit. It was a movie as well. Yeah, the movie. That's uh, good stuff. But yeah. He passed away. Oh, McDermott. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Jack White and the Recontours are releasing new music this week. Sunday Driver and Now That You're Gone arrive on Wednesday. Holy shit, Jack White. I, have, I saw the Recontours. Recontours. Recontours Live. And that uh, was years ago. And they have not made an album since Consolers of the Lonely. Years ago. Finally, they're having new music. So expect. Yeah, I bet that helped. That's been like 10 years since. Yeah, more than that, Consolers of the Lonely. Yeah. I like, man, I don't know. I love that album. Oh, yeah, both of their albums are good. They cover a Terry Reid song on one of them, which I absolutely love Terry Reid. I love it. 2008 was Consolers of the Lonely, so it's been 10 years. Man, did you ever see The Dead Weather? So I never saw Dead Weather live, but I have their albums. Okay. Because that's The Kills chick, and I've seen The Kills live. My girlfriend, yes. I've seen The Kills. I've seen... (laughs) I've seen... um, Jack White live, and I've seen Recontours live, but I never saw White Stripes or Dead Weather. I've seen the Recontours. I've seen the, I saw the White Stripes. I've seen him solo. I've seen Dead Weather, and I've seen the Recontours. But you never seen the Kills? Oh no, I've seen the Kills numerous times. Okay, uh, but I'm talking about him. He, that guy should be playing drums. Like the Dead Weather stuff that they do is fucking awesome. Yeah, like that's the best thing musically I think he's done. Because that that first Dead Weather album, that Sea of Cowards, who Jack White. It's called Dead Weather. Yeah. It's his band. No, no, I know that. Because Jack White on drums. Yeah. And then which is, he's a good drum player, but everybody thought that Meg was, like, why is she playing drums? Dude, I can tell you why Meg played drums. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Dude, watch videos. No, exactly. Go watch no. live videos of her playing and then, and then wonder, oh, why is she playing the drums again? Right. Because she's just hitting them. She's not playing them. Yeah. She's, she's up like, there bouncing around. Yes. Like, do you? Who plays drums like this? <laughs> no one can see what I'm doing, but like, it's like a poker. Yes, pogo stick yeah, the time. bouncing. Yeah, figure, that figure that it out. Was, that wasn't an accident. Yes, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> like, there was a reason nothing was in front of her. There you go. Just like a four-piece drum set. <laughs> yeah, on the floor. Yep. But the Dead Weather, dude. That I'm I like you, Dead Weather. They're that, awesome. That first album is, the, is one of my favorite awesome. music videos. Is Treat Me Like Your Mother. Oh, is that where they shoot each other? Yeah, they just That's walk with the machine guns and just stand like point blank range yeah. shooting each other. And then they start making out or something. Yes. That's she's a, so fucking hot. Yeah. She's got black hair in that video. She does she's have a, black I hair. I think she's a, she went she's blonde now. Right. I remember seeing the kills at the Granada on Lower Greenville. And Kimbrell and I went there, and I think it turned Kimbrell off from live shows so much because the crowd was so obnoxious during that show. Yeah. And such assholes. Probably drunk and fucking Ugh. pilled out. It was insane. Good show, though. But yes. Yeah, man. She's rock and roll. But, Allison Mosshart. 
Yeah, but uh, Recontours, new music. I'm very excited. Uh, moving on, we got to talk about Bob Dylan as contributing music to Pooh Bear's new project called Listen. I don't oh, know who Pooh Bear is. Bear? Uh, I don't know. Dylan wrote lyrics for Bear and a banjo song, Gone But Not Forgotten. Pooh so. Bear, is it? Is it's a new Winnie the Pooh movie? Jason Pooh Bear Boyd, producer, songwriter, and frequent Justin Bieber collaborator, oh has God. joined forces with Jingle Punk's co-founder, Ger- Jared Gustat, for a new project. Ugh. Pooh Boy. Good God. So the, this uh, thing will feature contributions from T-Bone Burnett and Bob Dylan. So. Sounds like it's like a, like a pop person, though. It is, I think. Pooh Bear. It is. Oh, I don't know. Are we supposed to get excited about that? Well, I mean, I, I'm just confused now. Well, if Dylan's writing and producing shit, I would listen to it. Nah, he needs to stop. All right, and the um, the last bit of news before we move in to uh, soundtrack uh, is Neil Young plans Ragged Glory reissue with undiscovered and unheard songs. And I just feel like every quarter we get more Neil Young stuff we've never heard of. Dude, he. Yeah, he's going to – what's he doing? Releasing other shit for a high amount of money. Yeah, a lot of money. They are equal to anything on the existing record, maybe better, Neil Young archives rights of Ragged Glory 2 tracks. Uh, so, yeah, this will be a reissue of Ragged Glory. Um, it's just kind of – Jesus Christ. You know who? You know what? I wish we were going to talk about Tom Petty because that's something that like a Tom Petty would never do. That, he just kept making great albums. New Young still makes great or not great no, albums, no, but he, he still releases albums. But it's not he, nowhere near he, as good. Man, Neil Young is—he's like Dylan, dude. Just if you're gonna just keep reissuing your shit, just keep playing your old shit. Don't write songs about waiting in line at Starbucks or like <laughs> what kind of fucking chemicals sprayed on your corn, right? Because you don't—you don't know what you—you—you—you you have lost it. You know oh, what I mean? Yes, it makes zero sense, right? Like. Fucking, I don't know, man. It's weird. It, I don't get it. Like, Neil, I love Neil Young, but when he does that kind of stuff, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's just, it's going to be a double uh, album. It's going to be on vinyl CD and high definition digital, which means Blu-ray in 2019. Remember when he created, like, his own, like, uh, Apple player thing like he had his own blue blu-ray type device well there was didn't jay-z title was one of them right was that him no 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 he had his own no he had his okay so i'm trying to remember what it was called he but had, yeah. when when he a couple of years ago well more than that probably like eight years ago he put out this big blu-ray box set and then it had a code right that you went on to the website and right. then you could always like download shit to it. Right. And that I was like, okay, that's cool. Cause then you just buy it one time. Right. Right. But to, I don't know, man, Dylan does the same shit, the bootleg, the archive series and blah, blah, blah. No, it's uh, like, dude, constantly, you should have had that out years ago. He's like still- if you do it 40 years later, that seems kind of fucked up to me. Well, yeah, what volume of they are in his bootleg series? Like that's what eighty. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like how much you love yourself that much that you're going to keep doing that. He's just it's just a fucking money making thing. He's making money every year. He really yeah, God, how much money do you think he had? A ton of fucking money. Yeah, 
Just I don't know, man. I'm just. I guess it's kind of catch twenty two with that. Because well, would you? Let's say you had your own band. You made like I would put it all. Albums, and dude, you would I just. Would, I wouldn't hold on to it like that. You wouldn't release one every year. Just put it all out at once, like a reissue type thing. Yeah. No, I'd put it all out at once. Well, well, then okay. So I'm trying to think of like business wise of Bob Dylan and. Uh, Neil Young, the vast amount of catalog they have, if they do it all at once, they're going to charge an arm and a leg for it. But no, well, you do both, though. Like, you release a normal version, and then you make less ones? the amount with all the other shit on it, and then you put it out one time. You don't go... How many times has that been reissued? Like, if you go back and look at how many different versions of fucking blood on the tracks there are... Oh, probably at least four or yeah, five. It's like, yeah, what, just what are you being doing? re-released. Yes. But people will buy it. So it's like people are still buying Beatles stuff. But that's the thing, though. It's like they've – people – not everyone's dumb. Like consumers, you know, most of them are fucking idiots. But then there's some people that are like, I'm not, why would I keep paying for this? Because well, it says remaster. Well, what do you think it. on like – okay, so like Beatles, you have the originals. Then they put out the big box set. They have them individually. But now they're making like the special anniversary editions with Those, but see, pictures and cards and shit like nah, that. No, there's no pictures. In, I mean they just reissued like the White Album, right? Yes. The, the, they reissued it exactly the way the packaging was when it came out originally. They right. remade the photos. So okay. they're not adding anything to that. But the catch with that is like – the White Album. Well, I don't really know maybe about the White Album, but I know on Sgt. Pepper when they reissued that one mm-hmm. in 2015, a couple of years ago. Right. Giles Martin, uh, George Martin's son, he actually went and took – like the way they recorded Sgt. Pepper was they had two four-track recorders. So what they would do is they would hook one four-track into the other four-track, then giving you eight tracks. Right. Then on the first – on the first four track, they would load up one track of however many instruments they could. Then they would send it to the other one so they could keep multi-tracking. So they would always <clears> create <throat> one extra track for themselves. Right. And they would, there was on tape and he, Giles Martin went and took those tapes, rendered them, you know, preserved them and then rendered them into MP3 and put them into pro tools. And right. Could take, cause when you did that, when you fed like one, one track into another machine. Yeah. The tapes got to travel, you know? Yeah. So there's a weird delay thing that, that kind of happens. So yeah. he fucking went in into pro tools and fucking just moved all the tracks together and then put it out. That's the closest way you could probably hear that record other than the Beatles mono mixes. Yeah. Of the four of them mixing it together. Right. So that's totally different than Neil Young reissuing fucking Ragged Glory. Who even likes that album? <laughs> Like, what, name a song on it. I'm got to look at it. Yeah, because it's not a fucking, like, if, if reissue, like, Zuma with some unreleased shit. Like, it is the 18th studio album by Neil Young. Yeah. From 1990. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And what's on it? Farmer John. You won't know any. Country Home White Line fucking up over and over. So, yeah. Uh, weird. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a hater. Let's talk about this Breaking Bad box. All right. We're done with news. We're going to talk about this awesome soundtrack that is out now. It is the Breaking Bad. uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad uh, soundtrack uh, music from the original series. So in the last few years, Breaking Bad uh, has released 
soundtracks, but only the score, only the instrumental score to each season. But now, finally, Breaking Bad has released an awesome box set each season for all the actual songs from the from the series, including the Ballad of Heisenberg, where the mariachi band plays at the very beginning of the episode about killing Heisenberg, and they also have uh, dialogue from the TV series, kind of like a Tarantino-esque type of thing, and they also have like uh, Knife Party by Bonfire or Ni- Bonfire by Knife Party. Uh, what else? Windy by the Association. They got the OCs on here. Correct. They got current bands. The best song on here is Badfinger, though. Badfinger, uh, what is it? Uh, Baby Blue. Baby Blue, but they also have Crystal Blue Persuasion. It's like literally everything from the show, song-wise. And, and, and of course, track one, side one of the first album, because it's six discs. Uh, is it what, six discs or five discs? Five. Five discs. The track one, side one is actually the theme of the show, uh, which is very cool, but... It's all in crystal blue uh, vinyl color. Florida blue. Florida blue. <laughs> New New Mexico blue. It's cannibal Corpse blue. But dude. what else? What other good stuff is on here? Doesn't matter, man. The fucking baby blue Badfinger just solidifies this whole fucking show. Yes. That is no, like the most damn good. fitting song. Every, all the music on this is, is incredible. And it's I love that it's... Obviously, you would have to do this chronologically. Right. No, it is all chronological as the songs are played out in the show. So each record is a season. Isn't it crazy to think, though, like in this show, there's only five seasons? It is crazy. But when you watch it, though, you feel like like that show made you feel like you just lived a lifetime. Like that's how fucking you felt like you were in there. Yeah, I think it takes place over three years. But when you when you look at it and you watch it, it's just it's insane how good it is because like they had an end goal. They knew what they were gonna do. It wasn't like a show where like, oh, we're gonna stretch out for Well it's not open. Right. Like Walking Dead. Walking Dead or Lost was like they just kept it going for too long. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what they were fucking doing. It's over now? It's over now, yeah. So with these records comes with great liner notes and a booklet. It comes with Gus Fring's Los Pollos Hermanos badge. Clock-in badge. Yes. um, This is – and it's numbered. Uh, Printed numbered? You almost have a great number here. What what is my number? You have 402. Yeah. It would have been four two zero. Would have been great. Yeah, because you have o o o four. Yeah, it's it's an it's an early number for sure. But this is from Music on Vinyl. Um, it's a company that releases a lot of cool shit like this. But look it up. Uh, try to find it before it goes out of print because there's only a limited number of copy of these. Uh, but yeah, I've listened to this and every song on here is great. Like, there's not one song that I dislike. Well, man, it's cool. These songs are cool too because I'm sitting here looking at it and I can remember like each scene where I heard the song. Right. I'm like, oh, like, I, oh yeah. they're making meth in this yeah, one in the like, van. Of course, with no name. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's when they were like riding out into the desert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool, man. That's the best show ever. And and I love that some of the dialogues, like one of the dialogue from the movie or from the series in here is when Walter Jr. is like, this tastes like band aids. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That that's on here. That guy's not acting. <laughs> well, he has a very mild form of cerebral palsy, not as bad as it on the show. You know what? Do they have in this where the where Jesse tells Walt, dude's girlfriend crushed his head with an ATM machine? <laughs> so much blood, like you yeah. wouldn't believe. No, it's not <laughs> and on then there. Then Walt goes, "What?" And, and Jesse goes, "Dude's girlfriend crushed his head 
With an ATM machine. <laughs> I was hoping that it would have skank ass skank. Oh, yeah, that's a skank good ass skank. That's my favorite scene when the is the is the meth heads oh. with the ATM. Dude, I love that one. The, the, the skank that episode, I guess. That and then there was the other meth heads with Mike Armatrout and Jesse where like he told the the meth head to like dig in the yard. Oh, and yeah. the guy in the house is just yelling for the, his friend. Yeah. Tucker! Tucker! Well what were they trying to get in there for though? Like Mike needed to get in there and Jesse was like, I got it. Because uh they had to get in there because there was a uh, product stolen from Gus or what whoever. Oh yeah. And they went there, they found it. Oh, it they was were at the meth head. Recovery mode. Yes, and so they were going to get it and find out like is this like the cartel? And it was just two meth heads. Yeah. And so like they were waiting out there like for what to happen and jesse's like i got this i know meth heads yeah, he tra- and that's when he yeah. goes over there he's like yeah dude i'm digging this hole you want to doing it for me just like went <laughs> right like, in and then yeah, my man. iron trout like smiles at him like oh my son yeah <laughs> which is really it. good yeah fucking he had a jedi moment he did it was great <laughs> this loser fucking finally figured it out who is the who's the best character in breaking bad Ooh, i would say gus fring I don't know, man. I, I, I Mike Armitage. Oh. Mike, Mike makes the Mike makes the show. Mike good. makes the show, but also like uh, Saul Goodman is so good in it. Uh-huh. I've been watch, I've been rewatching Better Call Saul. It's so great. Have you seen the most recent season? Uh-uh. Oh, it's so good, dude. Well, all I know like something about Mike is like it's like we were talking about that movie Election, right? Right. The my favorite character in that movie was the principal. Because he's so basic and stupid, right? Right. Like, that's the best cast principle in a high school movie ever. Right. Like, that is the that is a principle. But Mike Hammertrout is basic, but he's, he's super smart, though. Dude, he's a badass. Yeah. Like, he, he makes the whole thing work. Right, he like, does. without Mike, they would have they never made it. Correct. They would have never fucking made it. Any of them. No, I agree. That's why Gus hired him. That's yeah. why Walt hired him. You know, I think he should have his own show. Maybe they'll do another spinoff with him, but he's like constantly throughout uh, well, Better they, Call Saul. Aren't they doing a Breaking Bad movie? Well, it's hinted at. I think that they're like trying to get the ball rolling on bringing, focusing on Jesse. Jesse, yeah. Yes. So that would be awesome. See, but like Jesse on his own just doesn't work to me. No, he doesn't. Like you would need, oh, you need Saul, but you don't have Mike anymore. Because Breaking Bad is the story of Walt. Correct. And, like, technically, at the end of Breaking Bad, when you see Walt on the floor, you think he's going to die, but they actually don't show him actually dying. He dies, man. Don't be the, don't be the fucking conspiracy person. <laughs> you might die. Might no, not. he died, man. Like, because you know he dies because cue the music. Okay, so, so you have Jesse, but then you can have Skinny Pete and Badger. Yeah, but those characters, they, there's no depth to the meth head. You know what I mean? Like, it's boom. Like... The Breaking Bad is the genius of Walter White. But you still have Saul, too. Yeah, but, no, but Saul characters. has his own. That's what I'm saying, though. Like The only other character that could create the an, a more iconic story than Walt would be, would Mike. be Mike. Because so, how did he get involved in that shit? How did him... They, show, in, they show exactly how in Better Call Saul. I know, but what I'm saying is then you backtrack, <clears throat> though. Like... Because Mike could be – you wouldn't even need the guy that plays Mike to do maybe a good portion of the movie because you could go, what was Mike like in his 20s? Well, see, I would think that if they're they're going to do a sequel with following Jesse after all the events of Breaking Bad, and if you're doing a two-hour movie only, that's only like two episodes, you can do a movie solely on Jesse and Skinny Pete, Badger, and Saul. That's all. Not a full you know, 13 hours, just you know, hour and a half, two hours. 
Perfect. Just didn't get me excited. I'm if they bring back Breaking Bad, I'm in. They'll ruin it. They won't ruin it. They'll ruin it. If, if Vince they, Gilligan has anything to do with it, he won't ruin if it. If they only focus on Jesse, they will ruin it. Mm, I don't know. That's, that's why I say maybe maybe Walt didn't die. He's in prison. Jesse breaks him fucking out of prison to get no. back into it. Jesse, but that's the thing though. That's the that's the great part of like the characters mm-hmm. of Breaking Bad, right? Is that they each fill the niche. You know what I mean? Jesse's like the dumb comedy relief, right? Walt's the genius. Skylar's the bitch who doesn't get it. <laughs> right till later, right? Like, then she goes, oh, now I get it. If I would have just been playing ball the whole time with this guy, this would have all been over with. Right. Like, it's her fault that it all happened. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It's her. She is the, she's like the, she's not the catalyst. What all happened? Huh? How is it her fault that it all happened? Think about what? it. She's fucking, I don't understand. She cheated on him, right? But she, not, not no. Before. Think about it. He. It's like one of those psychological breakdown things, right? He. All he wanted to do was set up his family for when he was gone. She didn't do anything to help him. She kicked him in the nuts every time, dude, and he couldn't take it anymore. That's why he fucking snapped. Listen, she didn't know about it until way later on. Yeah, and then she didn't. But a normal person would have went. I don't like it, but get it over with. No way they would. Yes. They would be exactly like her. Uh-uh, no. Because then she jumps on board later. She never told anybody about it. In the car it. wash, though. She never told anybody about it. She's actually was pretty good. She gave him a lot of shit, and she was annoying most of the time. Yeah. But she actually worked with him. But I'm saying, though, she could have went full-on fucking Bonnie and Clyde with him. I don't think it was in her nature to do that. Yeah. She, well, she's, the, she's my least favorite character. Although it's twenty nine, it'll be twenty nineteen. I bet we get a Skyler movie. Oh, I hope not. Right? And then they're going to recast Rocky with all women. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started. It's going to happen, dude. All right, Breaking Bad. Do that uh, on vinyl. Find it. It's amazing music of the original series. All the music, not the score. All right, moving on to the one hit wonder. It is a crazy one. It is a weird one. I forgot about it. I forgot what it was, and now I remember. <laughs> this song is from 1995, The One Hit Wonder. 1995, it is a hip-hop song. It is a dance song. It is on the album, One Polish, Two Biscuits, and a Fish Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> There's that laugh again. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I want to hear you say way-o. Boom, boom, boom. I want to say way-o. Out here, boy. The out out here brothers. Oh, I thought it was boys. Out here brothers. Fuck. Fuck. All right. The out here brothers. Um, they're American hip hop and Euro dance duo composed of Keith Mayberry and Lamar Mahoney. Um, they actually. That's the guy from Police Academy. Correct. <laughs> they wrote and produced the 1991 hit Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Uh, I thought you said they also wrote a song, song called Fucking in the Butt. So, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, the <laughs> Fucking in the Butt. Fucking in the Butt. You know that one? <laughs> That's David Allen Coe. Yeah. Um, so, the, so they really only had three albums and but only one album because the other two albums are kind of like remixes so their first album one polish two biscuits and a fish sandwich um contained that song boom 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 about to say whoa whoa so before that album J- jacob's rocking out i don't know i can't Dude, i can him. i mean that's like i can already hear the bpms <laughs> so 
before Boom Boom Boom, just a year prior, uh, this this group, this duo, um, the Out Here Brothers, had two songs that were moderately successful. One of them was called Pass the Toilet Paper. Pass the TP. And the other one was called Fuck You in the Ass. Fuck You in the Ass. And then they made Boom Boom Boom. We're about to say Wayo, which I guess I don't remember the dirty version, but I mean, this is a family friendly song. This is played at Bar Mitzvahs and Weddings. The original one was like talking about your body is so fine. I want to lick you up and down. Like it was real. I've got to look this up. Oh, you don't remember this? I'm looking up the lyrics, man. I don't remember. Because then it was, I remember. Man, that that song was everywhere. Boom, boom, boom. Did you play sports when, like, you were younger? Yeah. Okay. This was a song you'd always hear, like, if you had to play it. Like our the teams I was always on and shit. We didn't have no fucking music before. We like a boom box on the sideline. Boom, boom, boom. But we would other teams we would play. They'd have some sort of goofy mixtape going. Yeah, and that's when you'd hear like. Oh, like out of no, nowhere. I totally remember this. Yeah. Now but, hear this. This is the Out Here Brothers. BK yeah. in the room. Th- yeah, <laughs> but it's like Cool Runnings made it. Because we about to rock the entire nation. All right, here we go. Is Girl, it? your broody is so round. Let me look you up and down. Yeah. Can I take you one more time? I won't stop until you're mine. But if I cannot be with you, maybe I could have a taste. Put your arms around me, girl, and your kisses on my face. Obviously, that is not the explicit version. Well, I mean, it, maybe it is. That's not what? No, it's not. Find the explicit one. I'll look. I bet that is it. Uh, boom, boom, boom lyrics. Explicit version. Dirty. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom, boom, boom. I mean, good God. Like, that. Is that me? Those guys will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the way it's going. That is the holy shit. It is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like because you got to remember, like saying booty and stuff like that in '93. Whenever this came out, '95. That's not explicit. It is though because think of it as wrestling, right? In the one year that the WWF, when they switched from the fucking wait, never mind. It's not. It, so those so those lyrics are in the the family version, right? But the um, the dirty version also has, I came to make you shake it till you break it, caress your body until you're naked, bend you over, grab your shoulder, slip my Peter inside your folder, no. make you sweat, get you wetter, pump it faster to make it better, dim the light, then lock the room, because now it's time for me to hit that boom. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's what it did, dude. <laughs> but you say, oh, well. Because you remember, there used to be those songs that were so heavily edited Right. It was just most. Uh, it was just the chorus. Yes. And then some music. Right. That was a lot of those songs because you got like probably like, I don't want no short man and like yeah I don't want no short tour yeah <laughs> me, 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 me. yeah I remember that song dude that song's about small pencils <laughs> but it, you got to remember like hear me out okay yeah yeah ninety five yeah. right like the, now they're pushing music companies are trying to market rap. Right? Yeah. So they're trying to sell it to suburbanites. Yeah. So they're what? not going to sell them the explicit version because they're fucking country bumpkin. There's two. You know, they love the Lord. Yes. Right? But, oh, this edited one. Oh, that's wholesome. You know. It's just it's just marketing. 
I totally forgot the dirty version to this. Yeah, dude, it's fucking. What, what do you expect from the fuck him in the ass band? It's like, what do you expect from the fuck you in the ass band? Look, no, if, I don't. If someone's going through your album collection and they go, oh, fuck, Gigi Allen Christmas, what's it all about? You know what you're going to get. Yes. Like, you, you know what you're getting. So they they expected the boom boom boom. They thought that song was about fucking what fireworks or smashing two hammers together. Boom boom boom, like we're uh, yeah. But boom no, boom makes, boom. What yeah. uh, what else makes that sound? Yeah, fucking yeah, fucking <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> and then, but I think it's weird that they have a song called "Past the Toilet Paper," <laughs> right? And. Fuck him in the butt. <laughs> Fuck you in the ass. Whatever, you know. But it's whatever, like, man. <laughs> don't those two things kind of line up? Yes, they do. And then boom, boom, boom. boom, like, boom, boom, boom even yeah. like boom, boom, boom is like I've got to go boom, boom. I yeah, go, boom, boom. Yeah, don't toilet paper. What, and okay, do they have any other songs we can reference? <laughs> right. What if this is just butt stuff? It might be. All right. Don't stop. Wiggle, wiggle. If you want to party. Let me hear you say ole ole, pass it toilet paper 98 version. And it's back, toilet yeah. paper's back. That must have been their anti Cheryl Crow song, which she said use one square. One Polish, let's see. Okay, so on one Polish, two biscuits, and fish sandwich. The first song is called I Miss You, then Don't Stop, then Boom Boom Boom. La la la, hey hey, bring that ass over here. Oh, I, here we go. I want my shit back. <laughs> Let's be in love. Uh, let me be the one on my mind past the toilet paper orgasm, uh, their own theme song, Golden Shower. Oh, damn. <laughs> this is like pre R. Kelly. Fat, fat, fat. I'll lick your pussy and fuck you in the ass. Bend over mix. <laughs> <laughs> Bend over mix. <laughs> and then there's bonus tracks. Oh, shit. What I wanna. What up? I wanna pee. Chai Town people. Uh, players get lonely and oh shit. <laughs> Dude, these are, okay. New favorite band. These are the guys that should be reissuing stuff. <laughs> right? Like not hey Neil, we're good. We got we got the butt band. <laughs> lick your pussy. Yeah. What I need to get this album. Fat, fat, fat. Look it up on Discogs. I bet I bet it doesn't exist on vinyl. The Out Here Brothers? Yeah, check it out, man. Right. I bet and if it does, I bet it is extremely valuable. This is gonna, I bet this is a, like a $100, $200 record. Because 95, right? CDs. What, what is it called? One it's Polish. A, fuck him, just type in fucking the We're ass. We're just going to talk in one Polish. Here we go. All versions. Fish sandwich. What, wait, and what, title, what does that title even mean? It's probably some shit reference. All right. The Out Here Brothers LP promo. Oh, damn. A promo. U.S. 12 by 12. There's another 12 by 12 one. All right. So there's a 12 by 12 one. $4. Oh, we got to get that. God damn. That's amazing. That can't be right. No, it says $4, man. For sale? The Out Here Brothers, one Polish, two biscuits. Yeah, here's another one. U.S. Electronic has does not have... Uh, we need the X-rated is, versions. No, this is... Turn that goddamn phone off. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. So this one is looks like it's like a two disc, two vinyls, two 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 records. Sorry, uh, but does not have. Let me eat your pussy. Does not have let me eat your pussy oh, on it, man. No, 
but it has golden shower and all that, and it's like, the cheapest it is for is two dollars and seventy one cents. That can't let me see this. I'm telling you, it has its promo. You're looking at the CD. No, I'm not, man. <laughs> Order this right now. And the, oh, the, good the, plus though. That's not a very good. Is that the cover? That's the cover. Oh my goodness. I have never seen this out in the wild. I don't before. think I've ever seen the cover actually. So, so there's this one, but then uh, on Wikipedia it has this one. But right, maybe th- the that's CD. the one I remember. This I remember that cover. So this is not even this uh, this cover, which has like them in like the shower Man, with the most women. that's ever sold for is five dollars, dude. I'm I'm I know what I'm doing when I get home. <laughs> I'm fucking buying this. I'm, that's. So and then the promo is like four dollars, but I don't see so L, there's an LP from Brazil. Uh, here's one LP US 1994 with label. Yeah, three eight five. Wow, man. Fuck, so fuck you in the ass, lick your pussy. So that's the one to get right there. <laughs> All right, has the bend over mix. This one's four dollars. Oh, none are for sale though. There's yeah, for sale. but they have sold in the past for five dollars. U.S. Oh my goodness, we just got real excited here. That cover we, is incredible. It is incredible. How do you explain that? I, 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 dude, I can fucking. I'm about to Picasso this with words. Picasso this with words. Yeah. It's easy. It's three black dudes hanging out in a bathtub with four naked chicks. One guy's taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is reading the paper. <laughs> All right, here. All right, so let me start over. <laughs> it's one dude, guy, one guy, and one chick. Dude, one is shitting with the door open, and there's a, there's a girl standing next to it, like holding the toilet paper, yeah, holding the toilet paper for him. Then there's then we move over to the bathtub, and there's a dude. It looks like Ashy Larry from. <laughs> From Chappelle's show Chappelle, right? with his baseball cap yeah. on. He's got something in his hand. I can't really tell. It, it's, it's, a, it's a beer glass. Yeah. And just, there's a chick in yeah. the bath with him, but there's a chick over him pouring like the 40 ounce. No, that's him. a fucking Miller Genuine Draft. There dude. you go. The MGD. There's yeah. con- is that con- those condoms? and Oh, yeah. There's Vaseline on the tub. There's Vaseline on the And tub. condoms. And then there's a guy who must be in the shower part of the bathroom. He has his towel on. And there's a chick looking at him, but looking at the other guy. Everybody's looking at the other guy, right? Am I wrong here? They're all looking right. Because there's there's two brothers. Where, what's the third guy in there for? He's taking a shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a fucking great cover. Oh, man. And it's called One Polish, Two Biscuits, and a Fish Sandwich. That's, I don't even want to know what that's street for. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what could that mean? It's like uh, I'm thinking it's one, one, no, one Polish dick, two titties, two biscuits, and a fish sandwich. The pussy. You're right, <laughs> right? Well, it doesn't line up though with what's going on on the cover. Well, that though. you describe a dude and a chick. Yeah, but they're the cover though. No, yeah, but am I wrong in thinking uh, that? I mean, you, it, it's a definite possibility that could be what it is. <laughs> They were ahead of their time, the out here brothers. <laughs> Maybe not, man. I think this is actually pretty uh, spot on with 1995. Yes. I mean, porn was huge. You know, we need to print this out and put it up at Good Records. Absolutely not. Why not? Oh, this would offend, dude. You know what kind of fucking goofball millennial idiots come in there? Like green hairs and fucking yes. angry feminists. You think that, they would be mad at oh this? My, oh, yeah. Dude, look at her ass is hanging out. So? Not going to go for that, dude. Miley Cyrus hangs her ass out. Yeah, but no. just This wouldn't work. It would work. The guy is shitting, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> There's a dude shit. You oh, didn't even see that. God, that's, that's, that's so funny. That's the subtlety of the genius <laughs> of the cover, right? Less is more. We got to get this. Want list? Yes. Because you know what, though? That, make, that makes sense that there would be a dude shitting with the door open because remember in Friday, the dad? Yeah. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35. <laughs> 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Because that was the big yeah. shit jokes got the funny. The Glade, yeah. Shit jokes got funny in the 90s. They, they, were, in, they were bad up until, you know, 1992. Then, oh my. Right? That happened. So shit one happened. Polish, two biscuit, and a fish sandwich. Now I know what it means. Did you Google it? What? No. I just oh. figured that's what it means. But you could be wrong, though. What like would brown, I be wrong okay. about? Segway into the bre- into the stones, right? Well, brown, hold on, hold brown on. sugar, right? Is that song about pussy or is it about heroin? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly both. <laughs> so this could be it. Could have their meaning could be different from yours. That could just be what they have for breakfast. I'm going to look up Urban Dictionary. Oh, yeah. Oh, someone's already... They had to have broken this down. That cover is just... That would be a good t-shirt. The sexual act of eating out a girl's vagina while she is down on all fours. See? You were wrong. No, it's the same thing. This is on the internet. See if anyone says what you say about it being... Four testicles, two, or whatever you said. One Polish is a dick, two biscuits, two boobs, and fish sandwiches. When have you ever called tits biscuits, though? So I'm just thinking from that time, like, okay, so um, Digital Underground, Humpty Hump. I'm the one that said just grab them in the biscuits. You know, that's what that's where my mind went. But that's buns, though. Like, grab them in the biscuits. Boobs are not like biscuits. okay. So two biscuits, so two two ass cheeks, yeah, and a fish sandwich. Right, okay, there you go. That <laughs> okay. one, yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, like, so that'd be like saying, "Oh yeah, man, her tits look like donuts." <laughs> like you don't, you just wouldn't use that two biscuits. Okay, so the Polish dick. Have you ever the two to, buns, no, no, two look. butt cheeks? Have and you a fish ever sandwich? called tits donuts? No, or biscuits. No. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Okay. I have heard, actually, through WWE, biscuit butt. So that makes sense, Exactly. Too. Buns, dude. Okay, we okay. Need, You know what? That's why we should always have a porn star on the show. There to set us straight. There right? you go. You guys don't know what you're talking about. We figured it out after a few minutes. Yeah, but then we could have someone that knew, though. Like, no, no, no. You idiots are wrong. It actually, it's a drink. I literally, when I first thought of, when I first saw the album cover, I was like, oh, they're talking about like their local favorite food. Diner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, if you think about it, pussy's kind of always on the menu. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really the only universal treat. But going after who these guys are, it's funny that this song became so popular with like families in America. No, and it's it, not though. <laughs> because then adults went, it's genius because they, if the, if the family member that was already on the on the fence about purchasing it, right, and then they listened to the edited version and went, "Oh no, oh my," you know, if this is the edited version, what could the explicit one be? And then they listened to the fucking lick my crack version, right? <laughs> and then and then it's funny. Then it's it, it's funny to an adult because right. they go, "Oh, this is goofy." But then then it's kind of like a joke they could play on their kids cuz then while they're listening to the song yeah. and the kids really enjoying it, the adults probably sitting there going like, "I got to maintain and not get into this." And they're just humming the you know, do, 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 flick do, do, my do, do, flick do, do, my fucking balls version, right? Right. Or the fucking raunch version and they're just sitting there driving the family truckster. 
Well, I mean, like, so, I mean, this is, it's the same thing, like, with, like, to the window, to the wall. Yeah. It's like, but that's, like, more blatant. That's That's later on. That's also later on. Yeah, so much later on, but it's kind of the same thing, disguising it. Yeah. It's good shit. All right. That was a good one-hit wonder. Fuck yeah. Hey. I feel like all the one-hit wonders are all sexual in nature and, like, come from, like. It's rock. Well, they're, you know, it's music. Should, should these guys be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They're more rock and roll than Radiohead. <laughs> Look at that album cover, dude. When people, I, absolutely. You know the, yeah, next, absolutely. The, the next time I'm at work and someone goes, hey, I'm looking for a gift for my daughter. I just want to get her like an <laughs> iconic album cover. <laughs> right? I'm going to go, oh, man, you got to get this dick's pussy and butt cover. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they're going, oh, God damn. I said, oh, you don't know two Polish One's Polish, two sausage, and three fish, three fish stick. Right? The here you butcher it is so and then, great. And to show on the cover, right? And then look, this guy's shitting. <laughs> Your daughter's gonna love it. Do you have people come in the store saying like, "I want an iconic album cover"? Constantly. Really? Oh yeah. I usually say, "Oh, well, Guns and Roses." Do the White Album? No, I tell them. I tell them Appetite for Destruction. I tell them the Robot Rape cover. Yes. I'm like, this is an iconic one. There you go. It's more iconic than that stupid banana. <laughs> this is just a dick. Right? Peel it and it's pink. Yeah. Yeah. That's Andy Fucking Warhol that's for you. boring, dude. Oh, just, just say the white maybe album. Maybe I can interest time. you in this Cannibal Corpse album. <laughs> yes. Fucked at birth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Dude. Oh, God. <laughs> My, a buddy of mine the other day, he asked me, he, he goes, Hey, I'm, a buddy of mine just got his like master's and his for his, like his psychiatrist degree, right? And uh, they wanted to change they wanted to change his office out into just horrible album covers that kind of like are fitting to the yeah, like, yeah. mental health side of things. And I yeah. was like, oh man, like Maggot Brain would be a good one. Frank Zappa Freak Out. And then oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, man. You ever seen the cover for Typo Negative's album Origin of Feces? <laughs> Have you ever I can only seen imagine. It? Type it in real quick, and then okay. we'll talk about the stones. Okay. I didn't. I didn't send him the photo because some people can't take it. Like photos like this, they'll they just will they won't be your friend anymore. It's pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Goddamn! You, yeah. you know what I mean? Though? It's like, it, it, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's like even the goatsy or even, whatever. Even describing what it is still doesn't like singe your eyeballs. Yeah, it's it's origin of feces. feces. Where does the feces come from? It, it spread yeah. open far and wide. But you're not. That still doesn't like. Yeah, it does, yeah, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. So needless to say, they didn't hang that one up. They should have, though. Well, they were just printing them out. I was like, I mean, if you're just printing it out, dude, it's fine. Yeah. No, I like it. Are you it. taking a photo of that? I am not. <laughs> what do you... Yeah, it sure looks like you are. <laughs> I'll save that for later yeah, in the bank. You know what you should do? <laughs> Is there a way to, like, program a screensaver on No, I can TV? definitely do that. Just do that? Yeah, when for when Farrah comes home. That'd be pretty funny. You'd be crashing with me and those two dogs. <laughs> right? She'd bounce you. Ugh, that'd be so funny. Would it be deserving of a kick out? No. I don't know, man. I like weird shit. I got human centipede yeah, everywhere. Yeah, but imagine that. Steel cage match. That's fucking like, damn, they hung the boss man. 
<laughs> Folks, we actually have WrestleMania 1999 in the background. It was the steel cage match with Big Boss Man who like hung himself in the ring. You know, like you know, KFOP, You know, man, but- <laughs> when dude, when Boss Man went like uh, badass. <laughs> Yes. Right, because well, when he went more badass, yes, I was like, hell yeah, because I love man. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. He uh, used to twirl that fucking night. Stick. Yes, oh, so good. Yeah, they don't yeah. do that shit anymore. Okay, yeah. moving on. Uh, our main event, the Rolling Stones, and you know we talked about Queen earlier and Freddie Mercury, and I think you know you talk about greatest frontman in all time. You're gonna have to put Mick Jagger up there, but I don't think he holds a candle to. Freddie Mercury, but we'll talk about Queen another day, but this is all about Mick Jagger, Charlie Watts, Ronnie Wood, Keith Richards, uh, Rolling Stones, man. Man, I don't know, dude. I would pick Jagger over Freddie Mercury. I'd pick Freddie Mercury. We'll we'll, We'll talk about it. We'll get into why, but I know why I would pick it. So Rolling Stones started... 1962. Goddamn, that's right after the 50s. And no they fooling you. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, and... You know they've had a they, they they've had pretty much the same members like past members only uh, go to like five people Brian Jones Ian Stewart Dick Taylor Bill Wyman and Nick Taylor but other than that it's like Keith Richards Charlie Roth Ronnie Wood Mick Jagger I mean well not Ron Wood not Ron that's what I meant I'm sorry yeah uh, Bill but, Wyman was there for a long time but and then they killed Brian Jones but Rolling Stones man I mean they're do you think they're like the definition of rock and roll? Because most people are like, do you like, do you prefer Beatles or Stones? And like, what's that say about a person? You know. Well, so man, the Stones are definitely the they are they are like the, the rock and roll band, correct? But not you know the six like so in the sixties, right? They had they did they had Brian Jones and they were doing more like R and B songs. Well, they're more of a blues R and B band. They started that way, that but, way. Yes. But then they did like Paint It Black. Correct. Which was like no one had ever in like the Western world in a rock and roll setting had really used a sitar in a rock song before. Right. So when that when that song fucking hit, you were like, holy shit. People, it probably scared people. Well, because it's kind of a scary song. In a it way. is, man. And that, but the 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 Beatles were always kind of the more the lighter side correct where the stones were the more dangerous like gutter punk kind of kids right like, i mean they, they were they, they had a, a music movie called cocksucker blues yeah well they did that's unauthorized and that's that's during this exile on main street era right but i'm talking about like in the 60s though yeah okay even, even then their sound was <clears throat> a lot more raw and like you could hear what they were about to do yes you know they could they couldn't have done it without mick taylor like when Mick Taylor came into the band, uh-huh. then they just they instantly achieved greatness. Because up until then, like he, this is the first he played on "Let It Bleed," but like the first albums, right, are like "Now Again." You know, they did that one kind of weird. You have you ever heard "Satanic Ma- There's Satanic Majesty's Second Request? Mm-mm. That's like a fucking. They tried to do like uh, Sergeant Pepper, right? Like they tried to make this big bombastic like orchestral album and it's that's not what they are you know well so their second album rolling stones number two was mostly r&b covers yeah first two were really mostly covers yeah same with the beatles when you go back and look at the beatles albums right so you're listening to those beatles albums yeah they're all they're all kind of covers too right well they were doing everything from chuck berry and the r&b but with with um 
Rolling Stones, you know, Time is on My Side, which they probably made even better, right? Yeah, they well, they made it more like... They started, like, the Stones are weird because they're they're not American, but yeah. they're the most American-sounding rock and roll band. Which is really weird, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird combination, or sequence to happen. Right. Because when they started, they didn't sound anything like Exile on Main Street. Like, Correct. when they hit this period, like, of Goat's Head Soup... Yeah. Fucking <clears throat> did the Get Your Yaya's Out, the live album. Dude, that right. thing is fucking slamming. I mean, that run of records of Sticky Fingers is just incredible, man. So Sticky Fingers is the one with the famous lips, right? No, that's, no, the, no, that's no. the dick. Uh, the, the, the dick, that's what I meant. Um, the well, Like how many other bands have a logo where you could just see the tongue and go, oh, I know who that is. Right. You don't even need to see their name. Like right. you, you know, you know who that they're is. iconic. Like So how do you think they how do you think they just meshed well? I mean, they're still together, so they must just be doing well. The stuff, like, well they they knew when to kinda like kind of slow down a little bit. Like because the eighties weren't great to them. Like when they get well, into they the got 80s, into like all yes. We've seen the dan- album covers. Yeah, they yeah. went dan- they kind of did a disco y right. dance. Like start me up. Right. It's kind of the last, like, hanging on yeah. classic kind of Stones vibe. But, again, man, the thing that the thing that really made them fucking click was after, like... And you know the weird thing with, like, how they... they some people think that Keith and Mick had Brian Jones killed when he drowned. They found him <laughs> in the pool. Yes. You know what I mean? And then they got... You know, he died. And then they played, like, two or three days later, they played a show in, like, Hyde Park. Right, and it's you could tell they're real fucking bummed, but there's like a, a ray of fucking shining light up there with them because you have like a pimply faced fucking Mick Taylor up there playing guitar with them. Right, and he'd already played with them briefly, like uh, like Let It Bleed. He played guitar on like maybe two of these songs or so. Uh huh. And then once he became a full fledged member of the band, yeah. And they met Bobby Keys, who was the sax player. Yeah. And got Billy Preston and Nicky Hopkins yeah. to play keys. But the, the key for the Stones, man, was crossing paths with fucking Billy Preston and Bobby Keys. Okay. Because those are two Americans, and Billy Preston had already been playing on Beatles albums. Correct. And then you get Bobby Keys, who is this, like, good old, you know, cornbread-eating boy from, like, I think he's from Lubbock. Okay. Right? Yeah. He could party with Keith. Him and Keith were best friends. Right. So then you link up, you link this, you link the Stones who are already going up. Like they've already done Midnight Rambler, Honky Tonk Women. Uh Uh-huh. They're starting to get into that realm of like, man, something really magical is about to happen. And then they fucking come out with like. I can't get no satisfaction? No, that's way before that. That's way before that. Yeah. Then they do. Then they do the couple albums with Mick Taylor that have like, "Can't You Hear Me Knocking?" Okay, and like, "Bitch." Okay, yeah. Like this whole fucking album, this <clears throat> whole Sticky Fingers record, from front to back is just a workout in like how you make a rock and roll record. Okay, because it's got Wild Horses, it's got Dead Flowers. It's got fucking. I mean, have you ever actually even listened to this album? You're looking. You're sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy. Oh, I, I know Sticky Fingers. Right. It just man, they had that magic that just happened. Like they and they knew how to capture it. 
Sway, Sway is, yeah, Sway's Moon, the best song on there. Moonlight Mile, Sister Morphine. But I, I mean, I even have singles of Bitch and I Got the Blues. Yeah. And then there's a, you know, so they reissued this album a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they put, there was a whole other record of extra shit, but it wasn't like the way Neil Young does it, where it's like, oh, it's got this new 8 bit mastering thing on it. <laughs> I use these new Canadian microphones. It's like, yeah. they got a version of Bitch with Eric Clapton playing it. Which is fucking badass. It's like, that's how you treat your fans. Yeah, you like, I mean? oh, we if got... If you're going to fuck them, at least t- go slow. Yeah, buy them dinner first. Yeah. And then when they did, man, this is the best one. I think Goat's Head Soup is just the fucking... This one just has the vibe. So you like really early 70s Rolling Stones. Oh, man, I love most of the Rolling Stones stuff. I like I like some girls... I like Black and Blue, which is a later one. Mm-hmm. But the albums that they did with Mick Taylor, okay, are th- those are the albums that are the defining albums of their career. Okay, those are the most of the songs they still play. Like mm-hmm. other than you know Satisfaction, which is just, I mean that that song is so simple and goofy. But it was in the, for the '60s when right. they got into the '70s, and then they started to really craft songs and stuff. Yeah, like even "Sympathy for the Devil," you know, on "Beggar's Banquet." Uh huh. Dude, that album is dark as shit and sounds fucking spooky and scary. So on on Goat's Head Soup, do you prefer something like "Angie" or "100 Years Ago" or "Silver Train"? All of those songs. All- I have the best song on the Goat's Head Soup is "Winter." Winter. Yeah. Okay. But it also has Star Star on there, which uh-huh. when that song came out, they got in a lot of shit for it because there's a line in there that says... It was originally yeah. titled Starfucker. Yeah, Starfucker. That's what it's about. And then they're talking about, you know, giving head, giving head to Steve McQueen. I bet you keep your pussy clean. Yeah. Like, it was, and it's like, cool, dude. That's how you write a rock and roll song. Yeah. Like, these, this is how you do it. And there's a lot of cool, like, the Stones were really smart, too, and, like, Creating a kind of like a a mythic like druggy druggy booze like image about themselves. Yeah. Like a lot of it show. You know what I mean? Like you can take the photo with the bottle of Jack and not like ever drink it. Right. And then, granted, they did do a ton of all of that, but they created that like when Keith Richards falls out of the fucking pineapple tree. Right. Right? It's like, well, what's he even doing up there? Trying to find a way to stay alive. But, dude, he's... But that's what I'm saying, though. He should be dead. Oh, yes, he should. I mean, do you remember... Like, when they went to Paris and they did, like, Exile on Main Street, they were, like, this huge tax evasion thing. He had gotten busted with a ton of drugs. Yeah. I mean... But I think a lot of that stuff was for show. Like, do you think it's just, like, part of their mystique? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like... Like the who, right? Notorious partiers, you know? Right. Like, just were absolutely terror terrorizing. Yeah, well, they I think they were, what, they kind of started, like, destroying the hotel room yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Like, they, they, were, they were rock and roll. Yeah. Like, they just did it. Right. Same with these guys. But they were a little more premeditated. Like, each one of their moves was, like, when Jagger in the, you know, 70s, in the mid-70s or so, then started wearing, like, women's bonnets and stuff <laughs> yes right you know what i mean it was, yes he's kind of like going getting david bowie a little bit 
Right. You know, and then we all know Dancing in the Street. Yes. Watch that video in slow motion. Uh, watch Have it without the music. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mute that bitch and fucking slow it down. <laughs> You're in for a real treat. Yeah. Mystery Science Theater, that thing. Yes. Um, and so I think what... So in the 80s, they kind of like had band problems. They did like a solo stuff, but they also did some of their worst music. Oh, that's when they did their worst music. Yes. And then in 2000 through kind of present, they have released a couple albums, but they've all been covers. No, Well, they did an album in the 90s called Voodoo Lounge. Okay. Which actually isn't horrible. Like it's better than all their 80s albums, I would say. And that one's not bad. And then they did one called A Bigger Bang. That came That's out. 2005. Yeah, 2005. But was that... Those were original. The original, were okay. But original. nobody gave a shit. No, there was some all right moments on it. But you remember when they like lined up with Best Buy? Oh, God, yes. You remember that? Yes. That pissed a lot of people off. Because then it's like, dude, come on. like They became Bon Jovi. Yeah, you're, corp- <laughs> you're, you're, you're sucking the corporate dick. Yes. You know? like, and then two years ago, they had Blue and Lonesome, which was... That's a good album. That's all covers. Gr- yeah, it's all covers, but all great covers of stuff. Um... They got to get Mick Taylor back. If they got Mick Taylor back in the band and then did like a uh, album of even like maybe heavier bluesy songs, because Mick Taylor, that's the thing with like the weird, like the British bands in the 60s, yeah. Yardbirds, right? Right. That band had Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy Page. Which is insane. Then you jump over to. Well, Cream also had. Was just Clapton. But look, okay. check it out. So then you had. John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. Okay. Who had Peter Green, who went on to form Fleetwood Mac. Right. Mick Taylor. And I can't, goddamn, I can't remember the other guitar. There was another iconic guitar player that came from there that all went into great bands, too. Hmm. And then they, what happened with? Well, that's what I'm saying. Mick Taylor came from John Mayall and okay. the Blues Breakers. So when he hit, when he joined up with the Stones, and then they started doing the good, great rock and roll stuff, like when they did Exile. Yeah, he's the he is the single handedly the person that makes every single one of those songs. Well, Mick work. Taylor did stuff with him. <coughs> excuse me, in 2014. Yeah, he played on one album, but right. that, but I'm saying he's not he's not in the Rolling Stones anymore. Ron, Ron Wood replaced him, who I love. I love Ron Wood, but the Stones man were stopped being a band to me after they after Mick Taylor left. But, okay, so 2014? No, he left in the 70s. Yeah, but he came back for a few years. and No, he just came back, did one song on an album, and then came out briefly and played one song with him on a tour here and there. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it, say, it says 1980, no, so 1969 to 1974, he was a guest in 1981, then from 2012 to 2014, he was part Mm-mm, of the band. That's, no? That's wrong. Okay. All right. So, do you think he'll come back? Because I don't know what he's doing right now. Probably not, because I don't think he would want a tour like that. Well, I've I've seen them live, and they put on a good show. But are they doing anything new? Are they doing anything? No, different? they can't. They shouldn't because they're seven. They're seventies or eighty. That's what I'm saying. They should go back and then do deep cuts off of these great Mick Taylor albums. Like if they went back and did like Loving Cup and like Sister Morphine off of these albums instead of right. just giving people granted they you know they'll probably sell less tickets because most people don't even know who the fuck Mick Taylor is. <coughs> they want to hear a fucking start me up. Right. <clears throat> well they're they're currently on tour right now. Oh yeah they just announced another tour. So they're gonna be playing uh, through mid two thousand nineteen. I saw him in I went in two thousand and six 
or 2005 yeah. and saw him at American Airlines Center. Right. Yeah. I remember that was the that. most yes. I paid. I think that might have been one of the, I hadn't paid for a concert in a long time. And then I paid, I bought tickets for that one and I spent like $200. Yeah. To get a floor seat, and which now that ticket would probably be five hundred, six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy amount, but I went, man, it's the fucking Stones. Like I got to go, and they were great. But then after that, I told myself that's just going to be my one Rolling Stones concert experience, unless they re- they get Mick Taylor back in the band. That won't happen. It could. I mean, especially in the time we live in now of like the farewell tour, yeah, and people doing like bringing out. They're getting over grudges and stuff, and you know they're like, "What's well, you know realizing it's not important? Those so things aren't important." Starting in April of 2019, there is their United States tour. Um, the closest they're going to get to here, Dallas, is Houston. Yeah, they're in Houston this time. Yes. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. What's your favorite Stones album? I really love "Let It Bleed." Always thought that. You know, I, I don't ever really kind of want to get married, but but it has "Gimme Shelter" on it. I always thought this would Midnight be the, Rambler. This would be the best wedding cake. It is pretty badass. Like if you if you got someone to just do exactly this, yeah, that'd be pretty. That, badass. This, if I ever get married, I, I can guarantee you this will be my wedding cake. No, it, it is awesome because it's got like a tire on it. Well, and it's, it's such a cool jab to the Beatles. Yeah, no, of course, because it's like Stones. What are the Beatles doing? What are they? Blah, blah, blah. And they were. I don't know, man. I love the Beatles. I love the Stones, and I love the Kinks. And sometimes I think one's better than the other, and then I try to tell myself that's not what it's about. Yeah. But the Beatles were definitely the the better. Like they made the better albums, but the yeah. Stones are the rock band. Like no, the Stones are the rock. They band. are, and I think Let It Bleed, which was ni- nineteen sixty nine. I mean, just like to start it with Gimme Shelter, and then end it with You Can't Always Get What You Want, and yeah. it's kind of like a mix. Of like very bluesy. So you me- you remember earlier when we were talking about the Donald? Yes. And I told you that we were going to talk about him. Yes. Guess who his favorite band is? Rolling Stones. Correct. <laughs> and it, it, and it's so perfect because when he won, he started using "You Can't Always Get, get What You Want." Want. Yeah. And they, the Stones said, "Please don't use our music." No. Oh, oh everybody said that yeah. except for Ted. But he's going to do it. Yes, of course he is. Like you don't get to pick your fans. You know what I mean? Right. But they were, you know, even songs like Get Off My Cloud and like 19th Nervous Breakdown, mm-hmm. those are cool jangly pop songs that are fitting in like the 60s. But this, right. when they hit that era with Mick Taylor in the 70s, mm-hmm. they, those songs are timeless. No, they're great. It's, I, I love that album so much. And that, I mean, that, that would be a super cool cake. I mean, if you actually found somebody to recreate that. Yeah. On the tire, it. like in yeah. all of it. Like you had to have all, you had to have the whole thing. Like you have to have the real can, canister, uh-huh. the paper clock. Yes. Like it's such a fucking great cover because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then you get the record, like you, you, they have the record on the cover. Yeah. And then you take the record out thinking that the label is going to look like that. And it right. Doesn't. And then the back is just chaos. Well, like because it it's like cut open and yeah, no, yeah. it's a it's well the a, needle no like the the needle smashed yes like the record's broken no I like I like that album a lot it's great Good stuff right before yeah they were they were on a roll here and and you know interestingly enough that song track one side one of Let It Bleed Give Me Shelter is in at least three Martin Scorsese movies dude do you remember when they came out in ah man maybe it was the nineties 
and Tina Turner came out and did that with him? Yes, goddamn. Well, yeah, the rape murder. Yeah. But oh, she, yeah. But she, so, but the Stones are crushing it. Yes. Like they're already kicking that song's ass, and then she comes walking out. Yeah. Right, with well, that long sh- legs and short long skirt. Long legs and just man, she's so fucking hot. And then she's just doing yeah. If, if gyrating. You, if you got in her way, yeah, she would have knocked your head off. Yes. You know what I mean. And then she gets up there and makes Mick Jagger look like a bitch. Right. For the next two and a half minutes. <laughs> Just absolutely annihilates everyone on the stage. It's that, so that, good. Every time I watch that, it gives me chills. It's that good. No, she's a badass. There's a really good story about the girl that sang on that song. Yeah, they actually made a documentary about her. Yeah. Well, yes. I, well I, part, it's like a mini thing. Yes, but yes. No, I, I absolutely know about yeah, that. Yeah, and then, yeah, she's talking about it and she goes, yeah, you know, I did one take where I was like, God, I've never pushed myself like that before, and it sounded so good. And then they told me to do it three more times. <laughs> she was just, she was like, I was so confused because I thought I'd already done it so good. And they were like, No, we have to. There's an area where you're almost there, but you just have to keep going. Right, and right. Then they, then it, then it plays that that take. Yeah, because it's it's a take they ended up not using the one that she thought she did really good on. Yeah, but it's even fucking. Weirder sounding because it's it, when that same when she's not screaming it like that, it gives it a whole new weird feeling, right? Just because of what she's singing. Yeah, her name is Mary Clayton. Yeah, Mary Clayton, and she was featured in Twenty Feet from Stardom, that documentary. Oh yeah, about yeah. yes, about background singers. But yeah, she's has a she's been in a bunch of shit and done a ton of yeah. She was stuff. a stu- she was a session, you know. Right, vocalist. Yes, so it's actually pretty badass. But like oh, that song is so fucking good. Um, you know how they wrote that? How how I think Jagger wrote that song. I'm looking inspiration recording. Set, I think that I think that if this is correct, that like him and Keith were sitting in a room somewhere, and it was pouring down rain outside, and they were just watching people go back and forth, and then one of them made a comment about like, man, somebody should give those people some shelter, and then that's how they ended up writing the song. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So, okay. Is I'll, that right? Gilme Shelter, of course, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Um, they were working on a song signature opening riff in London while Jagger was filming Performance, the movie. Um, and uh, let's see. It was a very rough, violent era of the Vietnam War violence on the screens, pillage and burning, and Vietnam was not a war as we knew it in the conventional sense. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But then in 2012, uh, was not initially Vietnam or social runs, but Keith Richards seeing people scurrying for shelter from a sudden rainstorm. Keith Richards says, I had been sitting by the window of my friend Robert Fraser's apartment on Mount Street in London with an acoustic guitar when suddenly the sky went completely black and an incredible monsoon came down. It was just people running about looking for shelter. That was the germ of the idea. We went further into it until it became, you know, rape and murder and just shot away. Yeah. Just a shot away. I was right. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Dude, they wrote their their songs are awesome because they tell they always paint great. Their music paints the great picture, and then the words are always great too. Like if anyone else would have sang any of these lyrics, they would have just fucked them up. They would have. It features Mary Clayton recorded at a last minute late night recording session during the mixing phase, arranged by her friend and recording producer Jack Nietzsche. Yeah, I'm talking about Jagger though. 
No. He's the front man, dude. Like but he is the front man, yes. But him and Keith were like the sole writing guys mostly for yeah. their stuff. Well they were you know, Lennon McCartney. Yes. But you yeah. had to have like too many cooks in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Less is more in a if you want to be if, with this one, yes. That's what makes good. a great band is like the ego checking that that just happens. Right. Cuz Charlie was smart enough to go, okay, well, I might not be able to have any input, you know, as far as the lyrical content goes, but I can make these drums on these really simple songs really cool and unique that'll make them cooler. <laughs> and that's what he did. Right, like, he Charlie, did. Charlie Charlie Watts never plays straight through a song. He always does some weird drum shit. Yeah. Like, he'll double up on a hi-hat when you shouldn't. Right. Like, the songs sound very unique. Yeah. And then Bill Wyman was just like, cool, I'll just hang out back here and play bass and marry a 14-year-old girl later on in life. Couldn't have done it not being a Rolling Stone. True. You could get away with it then. He did get away with it. He, the, he, the parents signed over a piece of paper that okayed it. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay, here you go. Yeah. She's taken care of of Get her out of our hair. Well, Chuck Berry didn't write any songs about 40-year-old women. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's 17-year-old girls. Yeah. So there was a... Like, I guarantee you at some point in our lifetime, there will be a ban of the Rolling Stones. Because they'll go... They're misogynist and they're... Good. Well, they they were. You know what I mean? But they were just dudes. Like, they were just rock and roll dudes. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But it'll happen. I, guar- I guarantee you Stupid. it'll happen. Interestingly enough, the artwork for Let It Bleed... Uh, Jagger actually asked MC Escher to design the cover for the album, and he said, "Hell no," declined. Good, we got a better album. We did, yeah, we didn't want no fucking triangle pyramid looking thing that's infinite. <laughs> you know what I mean? We wanted a fucking one layer cake on a goddamn bicycle tire, <laughs> right? Which is it, awesome. no other cover would have worked because the cover doesn't it doesn't fit this at all. Yeah, like if you just saw this, you'd go. Because it, it's it's like a fruit cake, a tire, maybe a flapjack. There's a pizza, a pizza, time clock, uh, a reel to reel, reel to reel. Yeah, and then like breadcrumbs at the bottom. It's good stuff. It's brilliant. I mean, they're fucking brilliant. They're fucking brilliant. It was the fucking Rolling Stones. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Shauna hates that song. Interestingly enough, they're they're. Their recent their tour they're doing now they end with Jumping Jack Flash and um, what's it called? Well, you remember Goodbye Ruby Tuesday. Like Mick Taylor wasn't going to play that song. You know what I mean? Yeah, their No Filter tour, which is on now, they uh, they start with Sympathy for the Devil. Um, they go through their stuff under my thumb, painted black, honky tonk women. Midnight Rambler, they end with Street Fighting Man, Start Me Up, Brown Sugar, and I Can't Get No Satisfaction with an encore of Gimme Shelter and Jumpin' Jack Dude, Flash. I think one of their best earliest songs is uh, Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone. Which yeah. one is that? How's that go? It, There's been so many girls that I've known. Okay. It's real kind of... Because they went country, remember? Like, yeah, that was a, that was early. That was like one of their first albums, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like 64. 64, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's one of the first Jagger uh, Richards songs. That's one of the first songs they wrote. Okay. And it's so it, – it, it's you listen to that song now and then you get into the 70s stuff and it's like that's that was where they – you could hear their sound change and what they wanted to do eventually with their music in uh-huh. that song right there. 
Damn good. Yeah. Turd on the Run. This is the album, though. If, <laughs> if, if someone were to ask me, like, hey, what's a good, like, jumping off point for the Rolling Stones? Exile on Main what Street. What album should I get? I'll go, go get a bottle of fucking Jack Daniels, a pack of cigarettes, make sure you're not around any handguns or, like, live ammunition, and listen to Exile on Main Street and just drink all the fucking booze. Right. You will have the best time of your life. It's, uh... It's good stuff. Everything because it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those cool, seedy underbelly Vegas casino type of. I don't know. It's like very bluesy, hard rock, and like gutter sound. And well, it was record, Yeah, it's a, like an audio engineer's worst nightmare. Right, because it's everything about how they recorded it is absolutely wrong. <laughs> but if they would have went into some high dollar fucking studio and no vibe. They wouldn't have been able to execute these songs. Right. Like this, this is a, one of the prime, perfect examples of this album cover looks exactly how the music is. Yeah, they said that they tried, they did a makeshift studio using the band's mobile recording truck. Yeah, that's how they recorded it. It's a big crazy. mansion in France. <laughs> like everything, like th- I love listening to Stones albums the opposite way that I listen to Beatles albums. Like the, on the Beatles albums, I listen to like all the cool, pretty, nuancey hidden parts yeah and the stones albums i'm always looking for if you listen to the late 60s and all the 70s stones records with headphones on yeah you start hearing vocals and spots where they're bleeding over from other microphones or uh-huh. you can hear other parts that are in a room with another microphone huh okay because they just bo- didn't bother to edit it out they just went oh fuck it everything's so fucking loud anyway you're not gonna be- you would have to go out of your way to hear it like, upon first listen, it's like the hidden Disney shit. <laughs> the sex, the SFX, the, yeah, right? take off your clothes, the hidden Take dip. off your clothes. The yes. boner. Boner. Right? Boner. But then you start, when you realize they're there, then you start hearing them even more, and you're like, oh, man, that's, like, so cool. But most bands, that's you wouldn't hear a guitar bleeding over into a drum microphone. Right. It would be totally separate. And then on this album, they just went, fuck it. We got the sounds right, and that was the take of it. Who, who cares if it's not perfect? It's a fucking rock album. So that's why I would pick Mick Jagger over Freddie Mercury. Why? Because, because of because of this album right here. Because of Exile on Main Street. Exile. I love Queen. They're great, but Exile on Main Street absolutely dwarfs everything that Queen. Well, I'm did. talking about like as a frontman. Yeah, I mean, Mick Jagger is a better frontman than Freddie. Mercury. You think so? He doesn't have the better voice, but who? If it, when you, if you broke it down into like rocket, who's who's more rock and roll? Absolutely, Mick Jagger. Yeah, it's hard to say. Because Freddie was like the finesse player. Like, if it was a sports team, Freddie would be like the finesse guy. The three-point shot. Okay. Right? Jagger would be Jordan. He'd do all of it. You think he would be Jordan? I know he did. If you watch him. Like, if you just watch him perform, he he doesn't really ever play an instrument. He doesn't really have a great voice. He's not that good of a singer. But when he sings... He's into it. Like he found he knows his parameters and he doesn't have to work outside of it. Freddie Freddie can hit all the notes. And play the instruments. You know what I mean? But just because he's like the more meticulous, precise player or singer doesn't make him to me like the better rock and roll frontman. Hmm. Jagger's the more rock and roll frontman. Hmm. Like Jagger would be a lot more fun to write me as a guitar player. And songwriter, I would have a lot more fun 
crafting songs like Exile on Main Street and Goat's Head Soup than I would big piano ballads. Well, because you're a guitar player. But it's more, but it's rock and roll though. Like I would, I would love to play with like Sheer Heart Attack or the first three Queen albums. Okay. But they did that very briefly. Then they went into the boom, the big orchestral sound. Okay. Same with the, the Stones, this era of them. Uh-huh. It's just, bam, it's just guitar, fucking great rock and roll songs. Okay. I don't know. I'm no, not swayed I'm, yet. Don't have to. They, I yeah. mean, it's, I, 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 like, I think they're in the top five for sure, both of them. I don't know who the best one ever is. It's relative. I mean, it, there's no right answer. You know what I mean? If you right. asked, if Freddie Mercury was alive... And you asked him the question, and you also asked Mick Jagger. Yeah. They would give the opposite answer. Mick would go, Freddie's better, and Freddie would go, Mick is better. better. Right. So that right there, you would, you'd never know. You, <laughs> you would need yeah. the, one of those two people to make or break it. And they wouldn't because they're both uniquely different. Correct. Right. I agree. But Jagger just had that. He was more rock and roll, man. So would you put Bon Scott, Brian Johnson, or mm, who else? Like I would, I would pick Bon Scott over uh, Freddie. Really? Yeah. Well, he was like just out of control. That's what, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because, but like I would, those songs I would just have more fun playing. Like well, she's be- got balls. Well, because it's all about fucking and fighting right. and boners. <laughs> but because it, it's rock and roll, it's just straightforward rock and roll. It's not pre- like Queen. Later on, like even the, Bohemian Rhapsody is an amazing song. It is. But it is also a little pretentious. I don't think it's pretentious at all. Oh, it totally think, is. I think nobody ever did that. And they were like, fuck it. We're going to go this way. We're going to make it. I mean, they just took like what everybody thought would not, not make work. it. Like an eight-minute song, fucking opera. Yeah. Mix it. And it one of the best-selling songs. It, man, it, I don't know how to explain it, I guess, any further than I have. But... <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting it. No, no, you get it. I mean, you just you you like Freddie more. You your answer would be Freddie, where mine would be. Mick. But I love Mick Jagger too. Yeah, like they're both. I mean, it's hard. Like when you think Bon Scott or and Brian Johnson, same type of thing. Oh, dude, that's not that is not even up for debate. Well, Bon Scott. Okay, so Br- Brian Johnson couldn't fucking like polish Bon Scott's shoes. Yeah, like Bon Bon absolutely dwarfs Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson just is the perfect guy for the job at the time. Yeah, for 20 years. Right. 25 years. Like, they were more successful with him. But I compare Brian Johnson in a way to Mick Jagger in a way. Well, Brian Johnson could write music, but he just had a good time on stage like... like a, he, was a, he was a fucking great front man. Yeah, like Mick Jagger. He has a great time on stage. He knows the song, and he does his wheelhouse. Yeah, he's prancing around up there. Correct. <laughs> See, but, but the thing, like... So Mick Jagger, like Bon Scott, right? Yeah. Or Brian Johnson could never sing the national anthem, <laughs> right? With with zero accompaniment. Oh no! Well, right? But absolutely Freddie, not. Freddie would crush. Like it, yeah. it'd be like Axel trying to do it. It's Correct. Like it doesn't work. Like right. If, if you if you listen to Rolling Stones album and muted everything except Mick Jagger's vocals, right? You would go, "This guy cannot sing." No, absolutely yes, but with. The whole the whole equation in there, exactly. it fucking it's works. It's genius. Yes. But you can listen to Freddie's vocals all day only, and it just has that suave. Like, right. It's almost too perfect. Where with the Stones, it's flawed. Everything is flawed. They're bad. They're doing drugs. They're drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. It's like, none of this should be working, and they're crushing it. <clears throat> and I wonder if that's just... 
because they really appreciated music from where they came from. And you got to think people just gravitated towards them because they were kind of like Beatles were the family friendly and these were the adult version of rock and roll at the time. And people stuck with them. I mean, like Sergeant Pepper, right? Like how many people were fucking to that record? They're sitting there talking to each other about how amazing it is. How many people you think were fucking to Sticky Fingers? <laughs> a lot. A lot. I mean... Well, look at the cover. But, well, it's implied. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the Beatles you debate. Like, the Stones you party to. Right. I <laughs> mean, you debate. You do. It's like good. You, you, you pick it apart. You go, God, listen to the guitar over there, and then John's vocals over here. The Stones just went, God damn, yes, yes, here you go. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing mean, to talk about, really. It's just These the- guitars are out of tune, but whatever. <laughs> They didn't, it doesn't, a, they didn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. Dude, they're, they're great. Next episode, we should talk about the Kinks. Well, the Kinks or Tom Petty? Both. Both. <laughs> oh, the Kinks. They have so much shit. Um, but yeah, I think that is our episode. Episode of the Unbalanced Note on the Multimedia Men. 15. Episode number 15, sir. Oh, Chuck Berry song. It is. Uh, the Rolling Stones, the Out Here Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Great album. Another iconic cover. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, also, Breaking Bad soundtrack. Uh, we are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I'm Brian Kluger. Um, and we are going to start posting stuff to Reddit and see if we can get some uh, feedback. Ooh, that's a good idea. And uh, we'll be entering. We'll try to try to mention some posts on that in a few of the uh, podcasts coming up. But um, we're going to try to be here for the Christmas holidays and do a show. If not, we'll be back in the brand new year with new new stuff, Kinks or Tom Petty. But Jacob Douglas, you can find him on Instagram at Scrumchalescence, and you can find him at his YouPorn channel, The Ostrich. Always spanks. <laughs> Always spanks. Uh, but it was a fun show. Thanks for listening to us, and we'll be back very soon.